No G with a Z P O D. It's the Smoking Guns Podcast. Hey, we are here. We are with you for the next couple of hours. We're going to talk about what we always talk about professional football in San Antonio. That includes the San Antonio Brahmas of the UFL yep. and the San Antonio Gunslingers of the IFL. And let me tell you right now, let's from right off the top, I'm Philip Higginbotham. I'm joined as always with uh, by my friends Leo and RC. Um, I am already a bit frustrated with the fact that we have moved to the IFL and mm-hmm. the uh, Brahmas are now in the UFL and those are only one space apart from each other <laughs> on the keyboard when mm. I'm texting and I hit the wrong one every time. Every time. UFL, IFL. They are right there together. <laughs> they are bothering me. Um, we're going to talk about some professional football. We have some friends coming on and joining us. We have Miss uh, Coach Casey mm-hmm. from the Six Shooters. RC, you guys Kathy. spend some time with them. What? I think we pronounce it Kathy, not Casey. Kathy. Cassie? Cassie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. Uh, and we've got DJ Myers in the second hour coming in at 8 o'clock. He's going to spend some time with us. And we've got a bunch of other stuff uh, that we're going to talk about and get to. Stuff that just We've had stuff happen today in professional football in San Antonio. Like a huge story dropped about two hours ago, two and a half hours ago, um, about our kicker situation for the San Antonio Brahmas. So we're going to talk about that some. All important uh, important kicker, kicker situation. But we're football people. We love football. And yep. let's face it, um, there's no bigger story in football than the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl That's is set. True. I know it's not in San Antonio. One day, maybe. We'll have the Super Bowl here in San Antonio. Um, But I've noticed already that there are two very strong factions of of people paying attention to the Super Bowl. It's apparently people who like Taylor Swift and people who really, (laughs) really don't um, have apparently picked their sides based on T-Swift. It's Um, (laughs) kind of crazy. The Taylor Swift Bowl, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did y'all ever see that um, comedy uh, Valentine's Day where Taylor Swift is in that movie and she actually likes a football player? No, no, I have not. Oh, have you guys need to check it out. It's super funny. Do, do not ask me any Taylor Swift trivia. I will not be able to answer a single question. I, I'm not a follower. So well, I'm going to be really dating, honest. And she's dating a football guy and she's like, oh my God, he's so hot. So it's just it's kind of like, what? Years ago, she did that movie with the guy from, um, what was it? The Vampires and the Wolves. What was that? <laughs> There's been a bunch of vampires. Like team, somebody yeah. and team. Oh, you're oh, talking about Twilight. Uh, I remember Twilight. that. Twilight, yeah. My daughters, yeah. He was, he was the main guy in The Wolf. What was his name? I couldn't I tell you. Anyway, someone who's young, they know. Anyway, in the movie, she was dating him. So far, this is the worst football podcast ever. This right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Um, no, you know what? I got nothing. I, I've got nothing but love for Taylor Swift, and there's one reason why. Her music to me, you can take it or leave it. Like, I think it's good, I think it's catchy, it's poppy, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Right. But I have three girls. 
And nothing can be a more fun father-daughter moment in the car when you're driving somewhere and it's boring anyway than throwing on Taylor Swift. And I know the music because they listen to it and they know the music because they listen to it. And we sing along and have a great time. And so T-Swift has brought me closer to my daughters and given us memories that we'll always remember, uh, you know, singing, um, you know, shake it off in the car and, and whatever. So I right. love that, and I'm fine with that. And I don't care that she has a guy that's in football, and he's pretty popular, and she's pretty popular. I don't understand all these people getting so upset about, uh, you know, Taylor Swift being on TV during Leo. Uh, football games. I, I I get it. Like, we're, we're there. We're, we're watching football, but this is not a new thing. Like, football players and sports <laughs> stars have always had um, – Famous girlfriends. I can remember Jessica Simpson being on right. a ton when her and Tony Romo were dating. This has always been a thing. Who cares? Uh, if it bothers you that much, don't watch the Super Bowl. There are like 70 million people that are going to watch the Super Bowl. They won't miss you if you don't watch the Super Bowl or 40, 45 seconds of Taylor Swift no. on your TV. Leo, why does it bother you so much? What? The Taylor yeah. Swift stuff? Yeah. Simply because I don't like the I, I can't stand the guy she's dating. Travis <laughs> Kelsey is the devil. If you are a Broncos fan, Travis Kelsey is the devil. Ask any oh, Broncos yeah. fan and they will tell you the same. So, so we do get a repeat of a Super Bowl that we saw a few years ago. I'm bored with it already, but Me that's too. okay. Because the Super Bowl is really just the warm-up act now. We have 61 days until the San Antonio Gunslingers take the field in San Diego against the strike force. Probably yes. roughly the same amount of time for the Brahmas, but they won't tell us when they're playing or what they're no playing idea. or what their schedule is. So we Very can't really frustrating. talk about that. We do know it's 61 days until the Gunslingers kick off, and um, that's what's important now. Like, we That's know true. who the Super Bowl teams are. I don't care who wins. What? I don't care who loses. Um, there are decent stories on both sides. There are reasons I do not like both teams. I, I don't care. We do. I, I am frustrated for our buddy, our friend, and a guy that's watching us right now, head coach Tom Minas. His Lions were so close. So close. So close. To punching their ticket oh, for the Super Bowl. Oh, man. And oh, oh, Coach Dad Campbell, who did what he always does and gambles. That's who he is. He goes for it on fourth downs. He's that guy. Gave up two opportunities. He's like uh, every other. He's with with all apologies to to Coach Tom and us. I love you. We we love you on the show. Um, he's like every other head football coach. He thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And take the points, man. Take yeah, the points. no, but, but he has his point. way of doing things. And yeah, in the situations twice, right? Twice where mm -hmm. you take the points. There were three. There were three fourth down decisions he made, and I disagreed with every one of them. He went for it at the end of the first half. Uh, I'm sorry. He kicked the field goal at the end of the first half. I would have went for it there. I mean, they're not going to take the ball and get down the field and, and score on you. Go for it. You're right there at their end of the field. Try it. Try to get that touchdown and go into the locker room with this really like three or four, uh, what would it be? Th three and a half possession lead 
into yeah. the locker room. Like, make a statement at the end of the half. I would have gone for it there. He kicks the field goal. Mm-hmm. And then the next two, he he opts to go for it and uh, excuse the field goal, and I wouldn't have done that. Uh, yep. Tom Anas, who is a lot smarter about football than I am, says kick the field goals. Take the points, yeah. man. Take the points. Yeah. But that's not what got him there. So that's not, that's not who he was. That's not what got him there. And so he was going to be Dan Campbell and maybe he learned something. I I told you this Philip between us and and I'll put it out there for everybody else to see. To me, both those uh, conference championship games were uh, same uh, story, different circumstance. You saw one team that's been there before knows how to win at that level Mm -hmm. at that, in that big of a stage and one team that just didn't have a clue, didn't right. have what it took to win on that size of a stage. It was too much for them. Um, and they learned a lesson. Tom and says 49ers made adjustments. The Lions just gave a speech at halftime. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it felt like, and that's what, I mean, in reality, that's what they needed to do. They were ahead. They were in control of that game at halftime. You don't want to make a whole lot of adjustments. Let's just do what we're doing. That just didn't work out. Just didn't work out. Super Bowl set. I don't care. Chiefs, 49ers, Taylor Swift. Um, Go Niners. Go Niners. See, I can't do that. As a Cowboy fan, you just can't. The words won't come out of my mouth. Like, go. (laughs) Can't do it. Can't do it. Just won't work. Um, that's why I wanted the Lions to win really badly. I really I did too. want the Lions to win. I wanted to have somebody to cheer for in the Super Bowl. I don't have that. Um, Weston Colin, uh, Colin checking in. Purdy. Purdy Gotta is a love great the story. story. Yeah. That's a really good story. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant making, you know, whatever he's making, I which is it. still plenty of money. It's a lot of money, but he's going to win. You know, he's got a possibility to win a Super Bowl here making – you know, a minimum contract. That's that's really kind of an interesting story. I'll take that money. Uh, yeah, I'd take. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'll take the money. <laughs> I'll take the money. But yes, no, great story. So we move into the spring season. We've got spring football coming up. We'll see the Brahmas, and we'll see the Gunslingers coming up. Um, Brahma's making big news today. Leo, I don't know if you had a chance to look at any of it. I actually watched the whole 12-minute video uh, that he produced, but destroying, Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody calls him, is the kicker for the San Antonio Brahma's at this point. Is he the only kicker on the roster? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. I have no idea. I do know that he has 5.4 or 5.7 million uh, subscribers on YouTube. I know that it's good for the Brahmas as far as marketing. And I know it's good for the UFL as far as marketing. And maybe that's all this is for. I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting. He was a kicker at UCF. Um, He's, he's a social media guy and personality he in fact if you watched xfl games last year they went to him several times on the sidelines to give his two cents he would be there at games i remember one specifically where it was so loud in whatever stadium he was in that they would go down to him and he would be talking he couldn't hear anything because he was on the sideline right there in front of the fans you couldn't hear anything he's saying but he's the kicker for the san antonio brahmas now 
Well, we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of last season and said some guy named uh, John Parker Romo is the name, is the kicker of the San Antonio Brahmas, I would have been the same. I'd be like, okay, yeah, for sure. But yeah, for sure. John Parker Romo was pretty spectacular, minus one kick. But um, yeah, so. And a kick that I think he will always get remembered for in a Brahma 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 uniform, and and maybe that's not fair, but that's the way the kicker world works, right? Right. Nobody knew who Bass was until he missed kicks. Nobody knew who Scott Norwood was until he missed kicks. Um, you just don't. You either have to be Justin Tucker, or you're going to get you know made fun of. Like those are the those are the things. Brahma Bulletin. Uh, checking in, one of our friends, one of our other uh, Brahma-related shows, Destroying Sign is a win-win-win. Good for him, good for the Brahmas, good for the UFL, brings lots of eyes to the league. That is true. Yep. Um, kicking on the field, we don't know what any of that will look like yet, but you're right. Um, somebody that has over 5 million views has now locked in on the UFL. That's good. That is good for them. That is good for the Brahmas. That, that is good news. Yeah, the Brahmas have been very busy as far as roster movement this offseason. I, I think they've been one of the busiest teams in the UFL. They they had the first official trade. I know that much. Right. Defensive backs. Um, and they've got something like, I don't know, five or six quarterbacks in that quarterback room now. So I guess uh, it's going to be they don't want to end up in a situation where they were last year where you know, they went with uh, two or three and one of them they knew was a project of the three. Right. And then ended right. up with an injury and, you know, early on and it, it, it really, uh, really hurt them. So maybe well, a different approach. Let's be fair. We all watched the Brahmas last year and maybe yeah. they needed to be one of the more active teams in the offseason. <laughs> um, certainly along that offensive line. Yes, uh, you're right. They do have several quarterbacks. They've got Jack Cohen. We talked a little bit about that last time we talked. I'm still mm -hmm. okay with that. I'm still, I still need to see Jack Cohen with an offensive line. I don't know what you get yeah. when you get Jack Cohen with an offensive line. We didn't have that last year. No, also, no. Quentin Dormady now is in the fold. Several mm -hmm. quarterbacks, like you mentioned. Uh, lots of options for the Brahmas. And they had to be busy in the offseason because they had to bring all of the Houston Roughnecks over to San Antonio. They just, you know. Uh, 10 had to be a pipeline, bringing everybody from Houston over to San Antonio with Wade Phillips. Um, right. And then there's the whole Wade Phillips thing, and we're going to have to get used to that, I, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I've made my point on that. I don't need to belabor it anymore, but I'm not, I, I'm not excited about Wade Phillips. It's just not something that I'm like, yeah. Let's see what we get. I'm like, no, we know what we get. We get a really good regular season. And then down near the end, we'll probably you know, fall apart. But you never know. Maybe you get lucky. <laughs> maybe he wins it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I can say this for sure. Um, last season, we were the first podcast to have Heinz Ward. I don't think we'll be the first podcast to get Wade at all. I know Wade has already been on the radio around San Antonio mm -hmm. uh, promoting the Brahmas, and that's good. That's good stuff yes. for the Brahmas. They need that. Wade's a great guy. Wade knows more about football than I – he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. 
which is not insignificant. I know a lot about football, but he knows more. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I respect Wade Phillips. I just don't know that I want him coaching the team that I'm excited about or that I'm following because I've done that before and it did not go well. Um, oh. And Leo's done that before and it did not go well. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. So, um, so we're in wait and see mode. Time is charm. Maybe so. Yeah. The one thing that is, I'm not bothered by all this, you know, turnaround on the roster and all the sign. I think all of that's great. Uh, you know, it's better to have more options than less. I like a lot of the guys that they brought over um, um, from, from Houston, from the Roughnecks. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think this, this roster is going to be more talented than it was last year. What's frustrating me is what you touched on earlier is the schedule. As a season ticket holder, I am frustrated as heck that I don't know yet if I can make it to the games that I've paid for. I am very frustrated by that as I know lots of people are because I've seen it online. I've heard, Mm -hmm. I've heard it and I I don't understand the reasoning for the delay on the release of the schedule up to this point now where we're, you know, end of January. Um, We should know, we should already be able to circle the dates and the times on the games that we've paid for and we cannot. And that is very, very frustrating. The only thing I think could be leading to a delay in the schedule is you have venues, four of them brand new, most likely, uh, Mm -hmm. with the four um, USFL teams that have come over and now they need home spots up in Michigan. You know, they already had some of that because Michigan did play up in Michigan um, and some of those things. But that's got to be what's holding them up. It's just home venues. And one of them, We'll hold up the schedule for everybody. You know, uh, you're right, James. Uh, Jim Murnay says three USFL teams. Technically, it's four. The gamblers are the roughnecks now, but they are still the gamblers. Um, but even that, like, they're still working. I don't know about, uh, I don't know about their home situation. I've heard lots of conjecture. I think it's going to be Rice Stadium. I think that's what I've heard most often. But we haven't received any confirmation, I don't think, about that yet. Have we? Yeah. I haven't heard anything. All I know is that we have five game, five home games. Um, I actually upgraded my ticket so I could be closer to Leo. So, Leo, you better not sell your ticket. I'm kidding. You can do what you want. <laughs> I'm not selling my tickets. I just, I just want to know when I have to be there, especially right. since I also have to be at Gunslinger's games. And I need to – I need to – they have me on pins and needles here. I wanting to know what my weekends are going to be like. It's crazy. The, the Brahma babe says it's concerning for many reasons. First off the history um, or lack thereof, because we've got one season and even that, you know, right. uh, but B we share a season with the gunslingers in the IFL and I don't like the conflicts. Yes. We're just going to have to roll with that. That's tough. It is what it is. Um, and that's what we've been worried about. And if you watched us last episode, you know that uh, we had Dirty on, and he was thinking that around the fifteenth, the schedule was going to get released. The fifteenth, boy, came, were you wrong, Dirty? The fifteenth went, and no, no, no schedule. So there's not a lot we can talk about because we don't have a schedule. We don't know what we're looking at. We see some player movement. Uh, the big story today, obviously, with destroying or destroying, I better say it right. He's got 5 million followers, so. Yeah, we need um, to have him on the show, as Alex has suggested. Sure. There you the, go. In the comments. Let's do it. I'm all about it. Um, I'll give him a call. 
There you go. Get on that. <laughs> RC is I definitely have... our go-getter. Yes. Kind of I a cool story. If, you should go watch his 12-minute video that he produced about signing. Um, it's it's just kind of a documentary of his. He's doing sort of a documentary style uh, thing about his journey from this point. But he was in Hawaii, and he had taken a day off, and he was gonna gonna hike up one of these mountains. And he gets to the top of the mountain, uh, and and gets that text message that says, "Hey, we want you to." We want you to sign with the Brahmas, which is really a big step for him because he hasn't been in football and he's been doing his social media stuff and, and has made a name there, but he really wants to get back into football. So that's a big step for anybody that wants something mm -hmm. like that to finally have somebody give you the opportunity, which is all it is right now, is a big thing. And for that to happen to him as he's on top of this mountain that he's just conquered, that he's just uh, kind of climbed up was kind of neat. It was well produced, well done. He does his content very, very, very well. Um, obviously, yeah, so, five million viewers or followers. You definitely, uh, definitely have know what you're doing. Yeah. Right, right. Putting together good content. So, uh, Jay Washington says, hopefully, it's a uh, Brahma's Roughnecks UFL Championship. Hey, I'll take that. That would they be can great. Come, they can come out of the USFL division. We can come out of the XFL division, and. Uh, Go play it up in St. Louis. Yeah, um, probably be St. Louis. <laughs> we don't know so, for sure yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, the rumor I've heard mm -hmm. is that uh championship will be in St. Louis, but we'll see how that goes. So having the hub in Arlington like they did with the XFL, or that still isn't finalized. That's Hello. what we hear. That that is that most likely. I think that's what they're um, that's the rumor. I, I mean, I, that's that that's the thing that makes the most sense is them doing that hub in Arlington and then sending the teams mm -hmm. out. I think uh, I think it was the best compromise to keep costs down but still have teams playing in their home stadiums. So. There was a rumor of two hub cities and splitting them up amongst those two cities, but that that makes less less sense to me than one location, one central location. Right. Because then you're paying double for, you know, accommodations for uh, medical staff and training staff and things right. like that, that they're, right. they're all sharing. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's really all we know about the Brahmas and we're excited. We're paying attention. We're looking for us UFL content. If you've been watching the playoffs, the NFL playoffs, you've seen lots of UFL commercials, yep. a lot more than we ever saw anything XFL yes. last year. So that's good news. Good signs. Um, they're getting it out in front of folks, but yeah, just for the love of God, give us a schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need a schedule. We need a schedule. We need it. I, I would like to see a schedule before the Super Bowl. I think, mm -hmm. I think if you let the Super Bowl go, and what's weird is I, I was thinking maybe they were holding it for the Super Bowl, but they're none of the media partners for the UFL are broadcasting the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's on CBS this year. It is the one media outlet that isn't part of the UFL. Uh, Fox uh, and ESPN. I guess NBC isn't. They were at one time with the USFL big. Um, but I don't know if they're, they're making that transition over to the UFL. So we'll see. But yeah, let's get a, let's get a, 
Let's get a schedule for the Brahmas. Yes, please. But now we need to shift gears because we were joined by Coach Cassie. I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah. Um, from the six shooters. RC, you got to go out and be a judge for the six shooters. Yeah, right? so exciting. This my Let's bring Cassie year. on in your third year. Let's bring her on. Hey, Coach, how are you? Hello. Good to see y'all. Hey. Hello. Hey, hello. You. Welcome. It's great. Great to have you on, and uh, we're excited about gunslinger football. We've been talking about Brahma football for a second. But we're going to put that in a box and talk gunslingers and gunslinger stuff. Um, RC and you got to be a part of your tryouts this year. How many? How many ladies did you have show up for well, tryouts this year? We more than triples our number, and so that was really exciting. We actually, I believe, we had. Um, 44 show up to the first night and then 39 actually came back to do the real tryout. So it was really impressive. There was a lot of talent and great energy this year. That's very wow. interesting that there were five girls that were like, mm -mm. like they came yeah. the first night and they went, Oh, this is way more serious than I thought it was. We've got it, nerves. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very nerve wracking process. Um, as a dancer myself, I can definitely, you know, I feel I feel for them, um, but I tried to make it as fun as possible. And I think that overall, the energy was very positive. And the girls who did come back, they all had a great time, regardless the outcome. Yeah. So for those of us that know nothing about dance or, or cheerleading other than what <laughs> we see at, at sporting events, and also this would probably be helpful to some hopefuls for next season, as a panel, as, as when you're judging these type of events, what are the specific things that you look for when you're you have to look at 39, uh, you know, uh, um, contestants mm -hmm. and narrow it down to the the you know a certain number? How many did you narrow it down to? How many how many was the the final roster? We we were able to take 18 this year, which 18. is more than we took last year. But um, yeah, that's but that's still we we had to cut a lot of great ladies. Um, and really some of the things we looked for, mainly for me, what's most important, will this person represent six shooters and the gunslingers ultimately as a good role model in the community? And of course, you know, most ladies there, of course they will. Um, so at that point it came down to their dancing and um, how ready they were for this year. I think we could have taken just about all of them, you know, given them a year or whatever, but um, unfortunately we're we're on a time crunch. And so in just a couple months, you know, they're going to be on the field. So it was about how ready they are right now to be put in a uniform ultimately. So Cassie, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected with the gunslingers. So I have grown up um, dancing all my life. Um, I've always loved professional cheerleading slash dance, whatever. Um, I've loved it. And I used to actually go to Dallas Cowboys cheerleader camps every summer. And I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And so that's kind of how my love for pro dance began. Um, and then I've been dancing forever. Grew up, did high school drill team. I did college drill team at Texas State University. And so that kind of got me in the San Antonio area. And then um, in 2022, I tried out for six shooters, um, just kind of as like a fun summer thing. I really, I didn't know, I had no idea it would take me to where I am today. And I'm super blessed for that. Um, but of course I danced for, I believe it was three or four games that we had that season that we actually got to dance at. Um, and then 
I was super fortunate to be six shooter of the year that year. Um, and things kind of just led from there. I didn't join the team again, um, but I did get a call one day in January from April and she asked me if I would be interested in the position. And so I was extremely surprised, but also I knew that that was something that I could do. And so I, that's kind of how I got here. So blessed. Yes. When I was judging, um, I noticed that and for those who don't know, they come out like four or five at a time. That's how you're able to kind of narrow in on some of, of the girls. And then the first part was um, the Q&A. We ask them different questions. And I think that's the part that a lot of people miss out uh, because to me, that's all new. This is my third year. But it, I really felt like even in those one or two questions, you really got to know the person. You can tell their passion who was their role model, you know, things like that, why they wanted to become a gunslinger. They all were very excited to represent San Antonio and the gunslingers. And that's very um, exciting to hear, you know, 39 women who, who want so badly to be part of this organization. So I think that means a lot for the organization. It means a lot for the team. And I think it means a lot for you, Cassie, that you're their leader. Yes, yes, definitely. Being a professional cheerleader in any realm um, a lot more goes into it than just, you know, a pretty face and a good dancer. It's really, and a lot of people don't even have any idea what kind of amazing role models we put down on that field and how much time we spend thinking about, oh, you know, what what could be better, you know, let when we weigh different people. Um, but it's a lot more than just the looks or even their dancing. That's really not what's important to me, really that they are good role models, they're upstanding women of good character. That is what is important to me. Well, and how about the veterans? How many veterans made the team? I'm sorry, Leo. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, how we many took veterans five, made the team? Five veterans um, decided to come back this season, and we took all of them. Um, they really all proved themselves to be extremely good women of good character. Um, they, they made us very proud last season. They worked really hard. And so when they came back, we were just happy to have them back. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, taking the, the character over um, the actual dancing skills um, <clears throat> approach uh, that says a lot about, about the coaching and coach Cassie, and then more kudos to you, because I mean, just watching this organization as we have as fans, from the very beginning and also watching that aspect of the organization grow the six shooters. Um, you know, you could say it's just grown every single season and gotten just better and better exponentially. And like last year we were besides ourselves, not, not understanding how the six shooters didn't, didn't win uh, the award for the best uh, cheerleading group. Of, in the AL, I was like, I don't. Uh, James Munier, who's 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 on earlier. I don't know if he's still on. He may have something to say about that. But um, it was just unbelievable how any other group could could be better than what we saw on a regular basis. And the expectations are super high. Um, and I think that that says a lot for the leadership and the coaching that they're they're getting. And we're excited uh, excited for you guys this year. Thank you. That is the biggest compliment I think I could ever receive. Um, I mean, I agree. I'm a little biased, but I think our six shooters are pretty great. And I know other teams, they also have a lot going for them. But something I'm really proud of is 
Um, the women that we take into our team, they may not, they may not have ever been on a professional team before. They may not have even danced in college. Um, a lot of them haven't. A lot of them have, though. Um, especially this season, we've had we have some pretty impressive resumes coming onto the team. Um, but I'm really proud of that, just personally, that we can give those girls a shot and an entrance into the professional dance world. Um, especially because they are just such good ladies with great character. Um, that's important to me. So I know we're Alex, going for one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get excited. Alex McSwain uh, asks us on uh, Facebook right now. He said, will there be cheer captains? How do you how do you arrange your team? Do you set up some girls to be the leaders of the team? How does all that work? Yeah. So we don't have, um, per se, team captains, you know, over the whole team. Um, but we do have leadership positions. And so we have what's called sideline leaders. And those are the ladies that you see standing kind of in front um, when the girls are doing little dances on the sidelines. Um, I don't know if you've seen, if you've noticed that, but while the game is happening, they sort of lead the girls in cheering, you know, so they don't cheer for the wrong team or something crazy. So they kind of, there's like two or three of them. We haven't actually picked them yet this season, but um, they will they will lead the girls in those small routines and then also cheering. Um, and then we also have some other leadership opportunities. Like we do a kids camp every year. And so we have about four kids camp leaders and they're kind of in charge of that. And then we have um, some appearance leaders. So they're in charge of the girls looking good at appearances. Um, so lots of leadership opportunities for every girl on the team. Um, basically we can pretty much put every single girl in a leadership position if they want to be. That's great. So, yeah. Cassie, I was going to ask, I know we're going from one league to another. Does the IFL have different, like, cheerleading requirements or different rules than the other league? You know, I'm not actually sure about that. Um, I, I don't know of any rules, per se. I didn't even know of any last year. Um, <laughs> but there definitely are. I, I know there's different teams in this league, and so I'm looking forward to kind of getting to know them. And um, I've been looking into it a little bit, but um, I don't know about any rules per se. Okay. I wonder if there's a rule, Leo, against the cheerleaders reaching over and batting a touchdown away. <laughs> you like... know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. We, we spent too much time together because <laughs> that's exactly what crossed my mind. I was like, I wonder maybe if they can affect play on the field. Zone. So on game day, Cassie, what is the most important thing for fans to know um, to interact with the six shooters? Because there's lots of interaction there. We're we're all right there on top of each other, uh, you know, uh, uh, figuratively in the Freeman Coliseum. As they interact with the the cheer team, what do they need to know? Totally. Um, I just would. I mean, the cheerleaders are there for the fans, of course, um, but. I just hope that they know that these ladies, you know, they're not just wearing adorable two-piece outfits and dancing very well, but they actually are women of upstanding character. Many of them are moms, they're teachers, they're, um, we, I believe we have one girl on the team who has her master's or maybe a few, um, they're students, you know, so they come from very diverse backgrounds and they're not just cheerleaders. And so sometimes this industry can be that can be confused um, is probably the best way to say it. You know, they can think, oh, these girls, they're cheerleaders, you know, but.
but they're actually not just cheerleaders. They have real jobs. They are moms. They are wives. They, you know, they're real people. Um, and they're really upstanding people. They're not just those things. And so I just hope fans understand that whenever they have the opportunity to watch them. Well, I know that, um, you guys have done an excellent job of your costumes compared to some of the other cheerleading teams. I've mentioned that before. So I just want to commend you on that. Always being very respectful and graceful when you do your dance routines and the outfits that you do wear, because you do an excellent job representing women uh, and football and sports and the gunslingers. I just want to kudos to you because we've seen, and I've talked about it on podcast about what these girls do. Some of the moves that they do, they're just um, not respectful. So I want to thank you for that, for keeping it very family friendly. Yes, that's important to me too. I was blessed enough to, alongside um, April, we got to design the uniforms last year. Um, and I hope they continue to be, be iconic, um, but they're very classy and they embody everything that I believe that the gunslingers value, um, family, and um, of course, they're red, white, and blue. Um, and then they just, I, I, they have fringe on them. I just think they're perfect for the gunslingers. And I, that is important to me that the girls feel comfortable wearing them and dancing in them. And that, you know, of course, parents who bring their kids to the game, they feel comfortable letting their kid take a picture with the cheerleader. That is really important to me too. <laughs> sure. Yep. So you've been involved. This will be your third season involved with the gunslingers. If I just did my math, right. Is that right? Yes, yes sir. So in the first two seasons, what are some moments or a moment that just sticks out to you, but either when you were, when you were dancing as part of the team or leading the team last year, are, are there moments that just stick out that you're going to remember for years after, after this experience, um, you know, things that you'll carry with you? Oh, I mean, last year, more than I could count. I mean, and then this year with the auditions, probably audition day this year was a surreal moment for me. Um, just to see where the team was the first year that I tried out for it. You know, it was like in a little teeny studio with, I, I can't even remember how many girls showed up, but it was almost not a pro team audition at that point, you know, you were like, wow, this, this is not quite what I was expecting to this year. It was incredibly competitive. It was amazing. The women that showed up for it, it was encouraging. It was a huge compliment is what I, all I can say to the gunslinger organization to myself. I mean, I was blown away. Um, and then last season, I, I would say the first game was pretty life-changing for me just to see something that April, I have to give so much credit to April. April and I worked so hard on to put together, to see it come together for the first time on that field was truly amazing. April shares that sentiment. She says, we're mm -hmm. so blessed to have Cassie and we are. Um, of the girls that you had audition this year and rc you may be able to speak to this too was there a story that came out of that that really stood out you got a chance to get to know these girls to talk to these girls and and it wasn't just get up here and dance and okay we're gonna mark down some scores and we'll put together you actually spent some time and and got to know some things about these ladies was there a story 
that came out of that day that that just like this is impressive and this is the kind of person this is the kind of lady that we want representing the gunslingers and the six shooters i mean oh man there's there's so many of the girls i can't even i wish i could just pull up their resumes right now truly impressive impressive resumes um i believe one one lady she is actually 33 years old i believe that's our oldest on the team um but she this is something she's old. No. and so and that's not even old you know of course <laughs> <It's not> but, <old. laughs> but she's a six shooter you know like that that's right. impressive and um she just brought great energy to the audition and um this is something she's wanted all her life and you know for women 33 that's becoming time for families and things like that um sure. and so just the fact that she's going to do this for herself before you know that all happens i'm impressed by that and then um i have to give credit to our four, four she's a fourth year this year um maddie davalo she this she'll be going into her fourth year being on six shooters she was on the team before this ownership took over so she's actually been on the team longer than I've been with the organization. I, I was right. going to say four years. That would make since the beginning, right? Like yes. That's, yes. She was at the Rose Palace with us. Yeah. She was, uh, you know. In the mud. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I got to give credit to her. She's she's awesome. And her attitude is the cutest. She's always pumped up about gunslingers. And she's always happy to be at practice or tryouts this, hard, this year were really hard. And so I'm glad she I mean, she just has the cutest little personality. So I'm so glad to have her back. <laughs> it's like a little firecracker. She's just got all this energy. Yes. She really is always happy. Well, I I want to say as a show, we really appreciate the fact that you've allowed yes. RC, who has been the cheerleader of the cheerleaders all the way through this process. From four years ago, when we started all of this, the first question RC asked, when we decided to jump on board with the gunslingers is, is there going to be cheerleaders? And she has been that cheerleader of the cheerleaders all the way through this process. So for y'all to continue to recognize um, and invite her to be a part of things like tryouts and some other events that y'all have done with the six shooters. Um, we really, as a show, the, the two guys on the show, I think both really appreciate that she gets recognized for um just the spirit that she has for the team and for the cheerleaders and the fact that you guys recognize that and bring her in and make her a part of that. Like, that's so exciting. That's so cool yeah. of y'all. We love Thank her. You. She's the best. She, she really, and I, I explained this to the girls um, the night, like the night before the actual audition, I said, listen, one of the judges coming tomorrow, she is the six shooters biggest fan. So you got to dance good for her. So <laughs> yes, we love RC and the girls love you, RC. And we oh, appreciate thank you for us. Thank you. And just know us as a podcast, we're here for you, you know, uh, and the guys are great. Cause I'm like, guess what guys, we're going to give them flowers. They're like, okay, guess what? Oh. We're giving them earrings. Okay. Yes. And we always like to sponsor a cheerleader. So we just want to be, help you guys as much as possible. Yes, we love having you you around, Miss RC, and for all of your sweet gifts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I will never forget two years ago, the first year in Freeman Coliseum, we decided in the last home game that we were going to give out flowers. And we divided <laughs> among the three of us, we all divided up and like, you're going to give it here and you're going to give here. And I was supposed to, and I can't remember her name, but I was supposed to give the coach at the time her flower. 
and she didn't see me. And so she was moving around and I was following her all around the field during that halftime uh, presentation. I felt like such a dummy. I'll never forget it. But that, that, I thought it was that great. All starts with, that sounds great too. Yeah. That all starts with RC. RC is the one that does that. They like to stay out of the, out of the limelight on game day. They're kind of doing For the sure. background work and running around, but. For sure. Well, Cassie, anything we can ever do as a show for you or for the six shooters, we love you guys and what you add to the game day experience. Um, it would not be the same. Uh, I realize no. there are some football fans out there that are like, ah, who cares? It's not really a thing. It, it changes the dynamic. We have been a part of professional football leagues that decided not to spend money in that particular side of the game day experience and it's missing. You can tell it's missing when it's not there. It's yeah. a part of football and it's part of what makes the game uh, fun and exciting. Cheerleading is is a big part of that. And a dance team is a big part of that. Um, yes, and we're glad you guys are part of it. And we love our six shooters and the way that you represent everything around the gunslingers. Well, thank you. That's That's the biggest compliment. And yes, I'll just say, I think that the cheerleaders are probably... I mean, this is from my perspective. I think I could say professional cheerleading is probably just as popular as professional football at this point. I know that's a stretch, but I think so. At least in my circle, um, professional dance is really a big thing. And so anybody who can tap into that, I think that's smart. The Brahma babe comes in with an idea that I'm going to tell you right now is not going to happen. She says, <laughs> Phil and Leo need some choreography and uh ladies for uh for a halftime dance with the gals <laughs> nope <laughs> nope absolutely they, not not gonna happen well yeah. Bay actually was a cheerleader back in the day yes yes but i think she is way overestimating philip and i's uh dancing ability oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. yeah. Just, flowers we just can not gonna happen just not going to happen. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us, uh, Cassie. We we are excited about the season coming up, and we can't wait to get to Freeman Coliseum on the 6th of April. Um, and I'll be there again getting started on the new Gunslinger season with your six shooters right there uh, as a big part of that whole game day experience. Yes, sir. We'll see you then. We're so excited. The girls, they're having their first big event this weekend. Um, oh yeah, so what's that? It's our Meet the Team event. Um, and so okay. it's just a six shooter only event, but the girls are gonna get to get oh. together for the first time and very cool. Learn some things about gunslingers and the organization and kind of what the game plan is. So we're so excited. Alex yeah, McSwain brings practice. up a great point. Alex McSwain brings up a great point. He says Phil will be too busy calling the games, but that means Leo could still do it. You're right, you're right. Uh there, Alex. <laughs> Now that you point that out, that's great. You're right. That's correct. Well, they yeah, said thanks so much for <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Yes, uh, and we you. will see you there on the sixth in Freeman Coliseum. Yep. See y'all then. Thank you. Thank Best you. of luck Bye. to you. Bye. Jay Washington says, Can we get some of the six shooters on the Smoking Guns podcast? We need to work on that. That's not a bad idea. Happen. Yeah. RC, you have a you have a task. Jay is Jay Washington has tasked you, one of our patrons, by the way, Jay Washington, Love him. has tasked you 
with uh, with a goal. Get some of those uh, six shooters to come on and tell us their story because I would okay. we, we talk about the guys and their stories all the time. Let's let's meet some of our ladies okay. and get their story well, as well. I could even do a mom to mom with some of the cheerleaders and their moms. That'd be great. That'd be great. I think that's a great idea. We're programming. My wheels are turning. They're spinning. Uh, So we have in about 10 minutes uh, or so, DJ Myers is going to be joining us. He is part of the new look gunslingers. Yep. But maybe we need to talk a little bit about new look gunslingers because this week, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, there was a new signing that got announced, Leo, for the yeah. Gunslingers. Yeah. Who, Pretty, uh, who did we sign? Mr. Fabian Guerra. Fabian Guerra. Mm-hmm. Been around the National Arena League last year. He started out with Albany um, and, and moved around a little bit. I can't remember where he landed. I want to say it was in uh, Carolina for the back half of the season after Albany fell apart, but that may not be right. Um, if... If Jim Bernay is on, he'll correct me here in just a second or confirm me here in just a second. But what I found interesting about Guerra's signing, Leo, is um, don't we already have that guy? He is a fast, elusive, shifty um, wide receiver and kick returner. Does that sound like somebody else you know? Um, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Very, very similar to someone else on the roster, um, that has been on the roster. So, um, number five, Mr. Kali Rashad, definitely, uh, a guy with very similar skill set and abilities. So I'm going to blow some people's mind right now. I may even upset some people, but I think, uh, with this signing, I, I don't think you carry both of these guys on your game day roster. And so does this mean that we may not have number five on the Touch field? Up. I think you're way premature, <laughs> way premature on this. Yeah. Here's what I like about this, because I think they are. I think they're very similar players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their skill sets are the same. And I don't think you carry two of those guys on your game day roster. But what, the, and I'm not saying that means Kali's fixing to go away and we're replacing him or he's being replaced, but it does mean that with a challenge there, whoever takes that position, that kick return and slot receiver position, is going to be the best of two really good guys. Like they yeah. are two really, really talented guys. Mm-hmm. And now we get an option to, to get the best of those. Um, they're going to compete for that role, but. If you think we're going to carry both into the season, I don't think that's going to happen. These these rosters are short, and you've got to have guys that can do uh, can do a lot. And so carrying two, yeah, come to camp and compete. Both of these guys um, yes. have to do that. Kali has to do that. Um, Garrett has to do that too. And the one that comes out of that competition, we as fans – can be um, can feel good that hey we've got the best talent there is out there. We're not just resting on hey Kali Rashad has always been a gunslinger, and so he's going to be a gunslinger. 
even if there's a better option out there. We talked a little bit last year about whether we were sticking with guys in the Gunslingers organization because they had always been here and whether we needed to do something different to have different results. Well, we saw what the result was last year. Um, We started out strong, but when other folks hit the market, when Albany fell apart, when Fayetteville fell apart, we didn't grab any of those guys or many of those guys because we wanted our gunslinger guys. Right. And we saw how that led. Those those guys went to other teams, made other teams better. And we, I, I truly believe if last year had been a normal season where all the teams had competed all the way through the season, the gunslingers would have won a championship or would have competed for the championship. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. The, the, the teams falling apart and getting redistributed and mm-hmm. us not taking uh, the right role in that or, or doing the not right thing through that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not being aggressive is what led to everybody else kind of outpacing us by the end. Yep. Well, well now we're going to have the opposite issue. We're going to have guys, we're going to have the best guy in the position, but that best guy may not be a gunslinger guy. It may not be number five. You may see the gunslingers take the field for the first time without Kali Rashad. Are you well, okay look, with that? I mean, yeah. Uh, look, we talked about not being aggressive. The, the, the San Antonio gunslingers have been extremely aggressive this offseason with their signings yes. um, and bringing in talent. I mean, they're loaded. If you go back, just go to their Facebook page and just scroll down and look at the signings and look at the amount of talent that this organization that coach uh, uh, Tom Anas is going to have coming in to compete mm-hmm. uh, to, to earn the opportunity to represent this organization, the first, their first season in the IFL. And I mean, it's going to be unbelievably competitive. Uh, the bar is very, very high because there's tons of talent at all positions Um Besides quarterback, I think there's there's nobody that that is a lock. Um, I think everybody's going to come in. I agree. You 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 think or you said a, a few moments ago that you don't see uh, maybe carrying uh, Fabian uh, Guerra and Kali Rashad both on the roster because of their uh, similarities. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I understand that thinking, but I think that. Coach is going to get the 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 best players. Of, he's going to take the best players out there mm-hmm. in camp, and Fair. I don't know how many wide receivers he's going to carry on the roster. But if it's you know six or five or whatever that number is, he's going to take the five best. And if those two guys are in the five best skill set, whatever they're in the five best, that's that's who's going to be on the roster. That's that's what I think the approach is going to be has to be like with this level of talent. And uh, this many guys that are going to be there. And it's like coach said just a little while ago, come to camp and compete because, and, and, and it's nothing new to these guys. All all respect to Kali Rashad. And I love Kali Rashad. He's my favorite player on the planet continues to be. And, you know, I, I truly hope he is on the gunslingers uh, roster and opening day, but there's no guarantee. But Kali understands just like every other football player understands you can't relax ever as a professional football no. player. There is always someone out to take your job, always someone out to take that roster spot. And 
this is just more of the same, but this is going to be like what you normally see. It's going to be like to the 10th power because that is the type of players that this organization has gone after and been very aggressive in getting because they are determined to put the best team possible that they can out on the field, which means taking the best players. So Fabian and, and Kali, if they're two of the best, whatever number of wide receivers is, is right. allotted for that roster, they're both going to be on the roster. That's what I say. I will tell you, I think part of the issue that we had last year by the end of the season was we had a team of guys, some guys, not all the guys, and I know that some of them are still here or some of them listen uh, or watch the show, but I think as a team, we had a mentality, even as fans, that something that we were owed something, that we deserved to be handed something because we had a really good start to the season because of what our history was, because of the organization around us. And we had such a top flight organization in the NAL that we just kind of felt like we deserve to be in the championship. It doesn't work that way. Nope. And part of that mentality came from guys getting opportunities to play last year. God, I hope I, I hope I don't make these guys real mad that they didn't earn that they were given. We had guys on the team. I'm not talking about anybody specific. I could throw out names, but I'm not going to. But there were guys that played on our roster last year that were in the positions they were in or in the position on the depth chart that they were in because they were given that. They didn't earn that. And that bred a mentality all the way through the organization to me of, we're just going to be handed. Like, we deserve to be in the championship game. We deserve these opportunities. Coach Tom Minos just doesn't work that way. You're going to have to earn it, and that is going to breed a mentality all the way through this organization of nothing is given to you. You have to go out and earn everything. And if that means that Kali Rashad, who is a player we all love, has to go out and earn his spot against a really, really good Fabian Guerra, then he's got to go out and earn that and earn his right to be on the roster or on the field. Jay Washington brings up, hey, it could be a great opportunity to have both of those guys. Can you imagine having them both deep on a kick returner, having a deep and a slightly less deep kick returner that are those two guys? Sure. If you have the ability on your roster, just like Leo was saying, if they're one of the best five or six guys in camp, yeah, carry them both. I just see their skill sets as being so similar that if you have one, I don't know that you need both. Um, and so there may just be one slot, and that means one of these guys we may have to say goodbye to, and it could very well be a guy that has been a gunslinger since the beginning of the gunslingers. Imagine having two of those guys and having to game plan against that or who you're going to cover. That's like, true. You know, you, I like you're both. Put your I best like defensive back, both. which you're going to put your best defensive back on one of those guys. What are you going to do with the other one? Right. You know? Right. Uh, so can you refresh yeah. the memory of myself and maybe others? What's the deal with having veterans? We can only have so many veterans on our team. Is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, there is a cap on veterans and veterans are, um, are defined as players who have three Years or years. more of professional football experience. Um, 
which what qualifies professional football experience if you got paid to be on the team. Um, and we have a cap on that. We can only carry seven of those guys. Thank you, Coach. I was I was stalling, hoping that somebody would give me the number. <laughs> coach gave me the number. So we can only carry seven of those veterans um, on the roster. Everybody else has to be new, has to be uh, guys that have not played professional football before. That's going to get tight. And that's Real one tight. of the reasons why Fabian and Kali will probably compete for a spot because those are both guys that fall in that veteran category. Speaking of guys that fall in the veteran category, we've got another guest already lined up and ready to talk to us. So let's talk to him now. He is sitting between a couple of jerseys that we're going to have to talk to him about. But the jersey he'll be wearing on uh, game day will be a San Antonio Gunslingers jersey. His name is DJ Myers, and he's joining us now. DJ, guns up. What's up, sir? What's going on, y'all? How are you doing tonight? Good, great. So tell us about these two jerseys we see over your shoulder before we do anything else. Tell us what these two jerseys are. Well, sure. This is my office. This is just two jerseys in my collection. Um, This Philly one, my bad camera. This Philly one was my rookie year in the AFL in 2019. And then um, this Orlando one, my bad camera. This Orlando one was Mm -hmm. uh, my second year in 2021 after the COVID year. Uh, In 2020, had to obviously sit that year down. Uh, No teams were playing during that year, so took that time off. And then I uh, came back in 2021 for my second year with the Orlando Predators and the NAL. And um, those are just those two. I still have I have two other jerseys I got to frame now. And then I'm going to have another one uh, coming from this year. So this can be my fifth year as a pro. So there's going to be about five jerseys on the wall here. I'm very blessed. Um, but these are these two are very important to me because it was the start of my career. Um, obviously, my rookie year in Philly, just getting my feet wet in arena. And then Orlando was the year that um, I took off and kind of established myself as an upcoming player in the in the arena. So you signed with the Gunslingers this year, and I have to imagine, given your um, recent history and your resume, you had other options, not just in the arena. Yeah. You played in the USFL. Am I wrong? Yes, sir. I did last year with the Memphis Showboats. So you had other opportunities and chose the IFL, the Gunslingers, and Coach Tom Manas. Absolutely. Absolutely. With those options, why was that your choice? Absolutely. And I do it again. Um, first off, well, there's many reasons. There's many factors. Um, one of the biggest factors, you know, everybody's, you know, uh, mission is to try to play outside. Um, and, you know, I played three years of arena before I got my opportunity to get back outside uh, greatly thanks to the things that I accomplished while I was playing arena. Um, but the merger between the USFL and the XFL really, really uh, messed up a lot of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was on a two year contract with Memphis and that merger. Um, pretty much is the reason why I got released out of that contract. Um, and um, it was on, it, it was a really unfair situation. Um, last year with Memphis, I, I thought I should have had a little bit more opportunity to get out there and prove myself. I made the team in camp. Um, I was behind some guys that, you know, were on the team the year prior that, you know, were proven guys and, you know, they were doing their job on a weekend, week out basis. And I was just sitting there just grinding and waiting my turn and waiting my turn and waiting my turn. And next thing you know, it's 13 weeks later. And I, I never really got that shot. And, um, you know, then on the way out the door, they were telling me, hey, we're bringing you back. We're going to honor your contract. And then the merger happens. Uh, mm-hmm. The merger happens and a lot of guys got screwed. Uh, unfortunately, I was one of those guys. And um, I didn't know what the future was going to look like for me playing outside. I knew that I belonged out there. I proved that I was good enough to play out there. Obviously, I was on the team all year long. Um, I wish it was under some different circumstances for me to get some more playing time. Um, but, you know, three days after that release, uh, Coach Manas gave me a call. 
And, you know, I respected him so much because the first thing that he said wasn't like, hey, we need I need to get you down here. I mean, the first thing was, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? You know, what happened? Um, are you OK? You know, and, and he he appealed to me more as valuing DJ the person over DJ the football player. And uh, that was really important to me because when I was in the USFL last year, when you get to those kind of levels, um, they don't I can't speak for everybody, but I'm just speaking to my situation that they don't really care about, you know, where you come from, who you are, what you've accomplished, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, not that I'm expecting, you know, my ego to be stroked or anything, because I, you know, I, I like to prove, you know, I am who I am. But um, it was just really nice to hear from him and um, and him to to come at me that way and show me that he cares about me more than just DJ, the football player. And, um, and that was how we started our conversation. Um, so, you know, it happened like that. And then he kind of just, you know, started to let me know about the, some of the things that were going on. Obviously I haven't played for Manas, but we have history. Um, he loves to talk about the championship that uh, I lost against him in 2021 <laughs> when I was with the Carolina Cobras and he was with the Albany empire and it's a, it's an ongoing thing with me and him, you know, I like to give him a hard time too. And, um, but every time we played, he was that coach that, you know, at the end of the game, he'd come and he'd give me a hug, tell me I'm an outstanding player. I'm an outstanding man. And, um, you know, there's just always a respect thing between me and him. And obviously I know all the things that he's accomplished and I'm from Austin. Well, actually I'm originally from the East coast. I'm originally from Virginia, but I've lived in Texas uh, for the past six, seven years. And I've lived in Austin for almost four years now. And, you know, it's just a stone throw away from San Antonio. So with him going down there and um, him also hiring my offensive coordinator from Carolina and Coach James Fuller, who I have a great working relationship with. I want Iron Man underneath of him. And he put me in a lot of great positions to be successful. Um, it, it was really just a no brainer. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to return to arena, not because I don't love the game. I love the game, but I just wasn't sure, you know, about my future as far as if I was going to get a chance to get back outside or was this my sign to, you know, maybe hang it up and, you know, start a different career path. But I love the game way too much. And I love arena way too much. And I missed it when I was in the USFL going through all that, excuse my language, BS that I was going through when I was there. And I just was watching my guys every single week um, back in the arena, just wishing I was down there playing with them. Uh, so I'm just so excited to get back and to be with guys like Manas and Fuller. Um, again, uh, as well as just this amazing roster of guys that, um, you know, I played with against um it, it, it was a no-brainer i'm so excited to stay in texas this year be close to home uh mm -hmm. much support of people coming down and supporting me um it, it's just it's honestly just a blessing and again you know um it, it was just a no-brainer with me and manas we, we talked for probably an hour and a half that initial conversation and a lot of it was just about life and um less than it was about what the gunslingers had to offer me and um the, the main reason why I chose the gunslingers because I wanted to get back in a situation where I felt valued. I felt valued. I felt the love. Um, and I knew that the people that were around me had my best interest. And because when I have that, it allows me to be who I am instead of constantly, you know, looking over my shoulder and feeling animosity and those kind of things. I, I, I need to believe the people that are bringing me and love me, trust me. And um, I'm going to show them why they should. We have never, there's been no secret here on our show that we're not a fan necessarily of the merger. We followed the Brahmas last year and the XFL. Um, one of the things that I think we lose with this merger is that there's a lot of guys that lost opportunity because with two leagues full of guys playing, you had a lot more uh, guys getting film and getting an opportunity to showcase who they are and where they belong because some of these guys don't belong. Uh, in the arena. Some of these guys don't belong 
in the USFL or the XFL or the UFL, some of these guys actually belong playing on Sundays on teams. They just didn't hit the right opportunity at the right time, and they need to circle around and catch it again. Absolutely. And the more guys that get those opportunities, the better. So Absolutely. And I wanted to be a pioneer for that. Um, So many, and it's not just me, so many guys in the arena deserve to be out there. And, um, but what you find out once you get up there, and this was a big lesson that I learned is that they don't know arena football up there. Those guys are, you know, they're NFL personnel. They're, Mm -hmm. they put their compete coached at the highest levels. And there's not a lot of arena guys. There might've been five arena guys in the entire league, including myself up there. And frankly, they don't care. And, you know, it, it really, you know, it sucked um, because, but for me at the same time, even though like I was going through what I was going through last year, I had so many of the arena guys just constantly reaching out to me throughout the year, constantly encouraging me, constantly saying, DJ, we see you. It gives us hope. We know that we can do it too. And I would just continue to encourage those guys and tell them that they belong there too. I mean, I was there. I competed with those guys. There's tons of guys in the arena that are just as good, if not better than a lot of those guys that played power five football, that, that were in NFL camps and, and all these things. I was the only division two receiver on that roster in Memphis. Everybody else played power five or high D one double a, and, um, and I proved my worth. I proved my worth to, to fight and, and that I was there and, you know, I made it through camp and, you know, and I just continue to fight. But, you know, I don't like to blame anything. You know, things go how they are, but politics are a real thing, y'all. And um, the higher mm-hmm. you go up, uh, the worse it gets and the uglier it gets. And yep. um, and a lot of guys don't get fair opportunities. And, you know, I, I feel I was one of those guys. I mean, you can look at it as you want. You were there all year long, whatever it was. But the bottom line is that I poured my my heart into that team every single week, did everything that they asked me to do. And um, I just I never got the actual fair shot to get out there and show them that I'm one of those guys that, they, you know, that they favor. And, um, you know, and that was just that. But, you know, if I had to pull any bright spot from it was just being a light and a pillar for, uh, for the guys that were still fighting in the arena. And, um, you know, and that's just kind of where I'm at now. I mean, my whole motivation in my first three years of arena was get out of arena, get out of arena, show that I'm, I'm, I'm better than this. I, I should be up at the higher levels, but, uh, but now, and I don't like to use the, the term coming back down, but now that I'm re-entering the arena, I think my focus has changed now. It's not so much to move up, uh, more of this just to prove, uh, I am who I, who I, I am, who I say I am. And to, uh, inspire and influence the young guys coming up to show them what it takes to get out if that's what they want to do. And, um, and that's where I'm at now. I'm just, I'm just ready to have fun, just ready to have fun and just get back to just loving the game because the USFL almost took the love of the game away from me. And I, and I can't say that because I played this game my whole life at a high level and um, it can, it can get a little messy up there. So I know entering back into the arena with these type of people in San Antonio is going to just, is just going to reignite that love for me. And it's going to allow me to play at a high level and inspire at a high level and mentor the young, the young guys on our roster at a high level. And, and that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, DJ to, to hear that sentiment from you. And I'm, I'm really glad that, that you mentioned earlier, you said that you love the arena game. We as a podcast, haven't got a lot of opportunities because of the things you've just said about there not being a lot of guys getting opportunities to play uh, you know, at the higher level, if you want to call it that, or on the hundred yard variety of football professionally, you don't get a lot of guys making that jump. Um, so you're one of the few that we've had a chance to talk to an interview that has played at a professional level 
both on the hundred yard variety of football and in indoors in the arena football. And you said early on that you love the arena game. Absolutely. What about the arena game is that's different from uh, your hundred yard variety outdoor football is what, what about it is, is that you love it? What about it is like the hardest thing as a receiver who's just coming out of college and maybe doesn't, hasn't played the arena game. What's the hardest thing to uh, adapt to? Sure. So two points. The reason, one of the main reasons why I love arena football is the fan interaction. Okay. It is, you don't get that outside. You don't get as close to the players. And I mean, we build personal relationships with the fans and it's just, it's like a concert, you know, it's just the, the entertainment, the fire of it is next to none. You don't experience that outside. I mean, yeah, you get the big crowds and all that stuff, but you don't get those fans right on top of you that, that come to love you and and you feel it so much more. It's just so much more electric. And that is one of the main reasons why I love arena football is just the fans. Okay. And if you can find a team with an amazing fan base like San Antonio, it, it's just, it just amplifies it so much more. And um, that's something that I'm really looking forward to about San Antonio. Cause I remember playing down in San Antonio when I was with Carolina, I remember coming down there and watching a game last year when my younger brother, who we could talk about later, when he was playing for Carolina last year and uh, coming down and just the fan, it's, it's just, that's what I'm most excited about, uh, that, getting back to that and just uh, interacting with the fans. And that's just so much fun. Um, now, as far as um, adjusting to the game, uh, it's, it's absolutely different. It's absolutely different. I always like to say it's a quirky game, right? Um, the biggest thing is that for a receiver is that the routes that you run in arena are not like the routes that you run outdoors. It's two different skills. Okay. Um, you know, whereas outside everything is, you know, breakdown, uh, you know, certain types of cuts and things like that in arena, everything's timing. It's, it's hit, 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 hit. And you got to be in a certain place at a certain time. And um, you gotta, you gotta work that timing. And for me transitioning in Philly, I, I like to say um, in Philly, I was the seventh receiver on, on, on a seven man room. And obviously I had the athletic ability to be there, but I was having a hard time grasping how to run routes, how to read coverages, how to, how to do those things that I didn't really learn until I got to Orlando. I mean, I learned them in Philly, but I didn't really grasp them and start the game didn't start slowing down for me until I got to Orlando. And um, so that's the biggest thing is just understanding that when you're running routes and the IFL is going to be new for me. Okay. Cause in, in the NAL and the AFL, it's predominantly, you know, you only have one high motion and it's predominantly man. You don't see a lot of zone. And in the IFL, we get a lot of, you know, they're coming down, they're jamming the high motion, they're they're pre they're they're uh they're they're pressing off and they're passing off to the safeties, and there's a lot of drop in zone coverages, and it's a little bit different. Um, so I can only speak from my experience at this moment. It's gonna be new for me, but at, at the same time, it's still arena football. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I know I'm gonna figure it out, you know, in camp and gonna run with it because it's still competing. But that's the main difference is it's for receivers. It's in route running. It's in route running. It's in coverage identification. And it's understanding that you don't have time to sit down and break a route or do all these double moves or things like that. It's literally like you're running at this guy. You make one break. You speed your speed turning into things and the ball is on a rope right to you, you know, and um, the best quarterbacks. And I've played with some good quarterbacks in arena. They're going to have, you know, we have a good feel of where that ball is supposed to be when you come out of your, when you come out of these breaks. And it's a beautiful thing for me, especially when I'm training the offseason thing. And I train with a lot of different quarterbacks is that I want to see that ball halfway to me by the time I'm out of that break. It's a, it's a thing of beauty when you're coming out of that break and you flip your eyes back and that ball is like right there. And you're just like, huh, huh, 
You know, it's like, it's just, be- it's beautiful. So we, um, I obviously I have the best quarterback in arena football coming in and I can't wait to build this relationship yeah. with Sam. Sam's another guy that I've known for a few years. I haven't played with him, but just arena football, such a tight knit community. And uh, you mm-hmm. get to know these guys. Um, so we talk all the time. We were on the phone yesterday talking and um, I'm just so excited to build that timing, that connection with him. And it's just a certain trust where he's just going to know I'm just going to throw it up because DJ's going to be there and he's going to trust me in these situations. And and to answer your question, um, that's just the biggest difference, route running and coverage identification, because it just happens so much faster than outdoor football. Great. Thank and you. Boys, I love talking football. So if you catch no. me rambling, I'm just going to no, 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 yeah, yes. talk Great. and talk and talk about football, arena football, outdoor football. This is like this is my my first language. So well, go ahead and fire your questions away. We can talk all night. <laughs> so, DJ, I have a question. So I know a couple of yeah. months ago um, I did a mom to mom interview with your mom and she came on and she talked about you. And one of the questions I asked her was to describe you in a couple of words. So I'm going to turn around on you. So in two words, how would you best describe your mom? My mom? Oh, passionate. And that also describes me passionate, uh, lover, fierce lover. Um, and she's also a competitor. I mean, everything that I am and my brothers are, I mean, we are because of her. I mean, we we get that from her. She is a fierce football mom. Um, I was raised by her. She was a single mother. She raised four boys by herself. Her two younger boys turned into professional football players. And um, she can speak football the same way I'm speaking to you guys right now because she has lived this life with me. She's walked this journey with me. She's mm-hmm. been to 98% of my games, you know what I'm saying? And she probably never missed a game until I like came out to Texas. And she still was making half of my games in college and most of the arena games. And so – we get in arguments sometimes because she's like, why is this happening? Or why is this happening? And she's like, I don't understand this or that. And I'm like, mom, like, <laughs> like she, like, it's just cause she's like, I know football. I'm like, I know, you know, football, mom. I know, you know, football, but there, is, <laughs> but there is a, excuse me, but there is a difference between, you know, like being a spectator of the game and watching your boys going through it rather than, you know, actually being in the building and playing the game yourself. And, and that's just the one thing that, you know, we, we, me and my brother constantly have to be like, mom, like pump your brakes. Cause like when things like politics happen or things like that, you know, her, her fierce mom, mama bear side comes out where she wants to protect us and go off on these coaches and these GMs. And I'm like, mom, you just gotta, you gotta chill out. <laughs> you gotta chill out. You know, this is pro football. It's a business. It, it could be an ugly business. Um, I know you believe in the world. You believe in us more than anything. And, you know, we're so supportive of it. But at the end of the day, you know, we can only control what we can control. And there's a lot of things in football that are out of your control. And you just all you can do is just put your best foot forward and uh, bet on yourself day by day. But she's just she's passionate, man. She she loves football like and she put that into us like she really, really, really loves this game uh, more than just watching her boys. I mean, she just watches to watch. So I would describe her. So tell me about the change of going from Virginia where you grew up and you played um, football and you move out to. Wichita Falls, Texas, um, one of the hottest places on just the face of the earth to show up and you show up for your first, uh, you know, summer, your first, you know, off season um, right there in the hottest part of the year. Was that a little bit of a a, a wake up call? Like, I'm going to this is going to take something. Actually. Sure. So, yeah, let me let me try to just like take you all down memory lane a little bit. So <clears throat> growing up in Virginia. 
Um, it's not Texas football. I mean, I don't think anything compares to Texas football. I've been out here no. and it's half the reason why I came out here was because I live a football life and I wanted to live in the place where football football rules. And that's why it's a big reason for why I'm here. Um, but Virginia did have a lot of had great competition, has produced a lot of great athletes. I mean, me and my younger brother played on the top travel teams since we were seven years old. And we played, you know, we played all the way through high school, these top travel teams all the way through high school. And then um, I actually went to junior college first. Uh, my junior college was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And this was just like a little valley town. You know, my school had 800 people. It was snowing half the year. It was freezing. <laughs> But we were a top five junior college program. And uh, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But just to fast forward to my recruitment after, you know, it was time for me to choose a school. I mean, I probably had about, you know, I had over 10, uh, 10 offers, but I was actually coming off of an injury that scared a lot of division one schools away from me. I, you know, I was a division one prospect out of high school. I wasn't academically qualified. That was my own. That was my own doing. You know, I got myself together when I got to JUCO, got my grades right, got, you know, got my got myself more mentally right and um, still had that division one attention, took an ACL tear my freshman year. And that scared a lot of D1 schools away. So I was highly, highly recruited by division two schools, highly, um, which, you know, was awesome. And um, but all of those schools were on the East Coast. And this is still a thing that goes back with my mom. I had one offer far away from home. And it was in Wichita Falls, Texas, to Midwestern State. <laughs> and the rest of them were all East Coast, driving distance of home. And mom was like, why are you picking the one school thousand miles away from home? And I couldn't explain it at the time. It was, it was, it was just a feeling. You know, it was just a, it was just a feeling that I was doing the right thing. Um, I actually had a junior college coach at the time, my freshman year. He he left after my freshman year and he got an assistant coaching job down at Midwestern. And he called me at the beginning of uh, my sophomore year and said, DJ said, I know you're a division one receiver. He said, but if anything happens in your recruiting process, he said, just understand. He's like, this is a top, top, top 10 division two football school in Texas, the best state to play football. He said, this is the closest thing to division one that you're going to get. He said, just keep it in mind. And he gave me my first offer in August. And I was like, yeah, coach, I'll, you know, I'll keep it in mind. Not thinking anything of it, not thinking I was going to go there or anything. Fast forward, my recruiting process ended up not going exactly the way I wanted it to go. And um, I broke it down to three schools out of like 15 and I uh, and Midwestern was my last visit. And I did that on purpose because I had a feeling I was going to like it more than the other schools. And so I went out there and I um, this was actually uh, so this would have been 2015 December time, right before we went into 2016. I'm late in the recruiting process. I mean, school starts like January 14th. I committed to Midwestern on like January 8th. Or something like that. Wow. I literally, I literally was like, I went and visited on like a Thursday, flew home, and then flew back out like on Tuesday, and was like enrolled by the end of that next week or something. It was like the, wow. it happens. It happened so fast because I was waiting because there was Division One schools I was on the fence about, and and there was just you know the recruiting process is is insane. And again, that's a story for another day. I'd love to talk to you guys in person about that. So, but Midwestern, um, when I visited there, it was a no brainer, man. I mean. I love my alma mater. I, I rep it. A lot of people don't know Midwestern State outside of Texas. So when I go back home and stuff, and like, where do you go to school? Midwestern State, they're like, huh? Like, you know, and even with my coaches in the USFL, you know, when they're like, Midwestern State, where's that at? And I'm like, the whole time you guys don't even know, this is like a top, top Division II school that we're competing nationally year in, year out. When I was at Midwestern, I we went 19 and four the two years I was there. Wow. I only lost four wow. in two years. And we were exactly. in the national playoffs every single year. My senior year, we went 10 and 0. We were the number four team in the country, number two passing offense in the country. 
and had 15 NFL teams at my pro, at, at my pro day. Like, so that was a big reason. When I went there and I saw the facilities and I met the training staff, the strength coaches, sat and talked to the, the actual coaches, it was just a no-brainer that this was the school that if I had to go Division II was going to give me my best shot to make it to the to the highest level. And, I could um, be wrong, but uh, Midwestern State, Mid- Wichita Falls used to be good enough for the Dallas Cowboys to go do training camp at. Yes, sir. Before Jerry started taking them out to uh, to California, they used absolutely. to go, go to Wichita Falls and do it there. Absolutely, which is a an attribute a creditor or a tributor, if I'm saying that right, to uh, why our facilities are so nice mm-hmm. because the Cowboys used to be there, and obviously, you know, they made money off of that, and uh, they they fed into the football program. I mean, our locker room there is a NFL locker room. It's a million million dollar locker room. It's a beautiful locker room. You don't see things like that in division two or even some small division one schools. And um, so just beautiful facilities, you know, it's a town of a hundred thousand people. It is a college town. Um, And to be honest with you guys, when I first got out there, it was a culture shock because I have never been, I had never been to Texas. I'm, I'm literally from DC Metro area and I'm Mm. a city boy. And um, I just knew that I want, you know, I grew up, you know, just knowing that Texas was the king of football and I wanted to go to a place where football ruled because that was who I was and that was my lifestyle. And um, so I got out there and I just remember my like first month or two, I hated it because Wichita Falls is flatland. Like you go up there and like, I just remember getting dizzy one day, like just looking like you, you, it looks like the earth just falls off. And I was just like, I'm like, I just get dizzy. Like I'm just so used to seeing more like, like greenery and, and city and and so, like, that was a huge culture shock for me um, when I first got out there. And, and you spoke about it being hot, but I got there in January. And when I got there, it was 20 degrees and snowing, dude. So I was like, yo, I, was like, I thought this was Texas. I was like, I thought this was Texas. What is this, you know? So it didn't get hot. But then when it got hot, oh, it, it got hot. All right. And it, it gets got, really hot. Like, it got I realized down here in South Texas, we know about heat. I'm going to tell you. Wichita Falls, for whatever reason, feels hotter than the hottest day in San Antonio. It I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's just nothing around. Like it's kind of no man. You have yeah, you have I a great know. point. I just remember when we went into uh to my first fall camp after spring ball, because spring ball was freezing the whole time. I'm like, I thought this was Texas, it's cold out here, I don't get it. And then we went into summer and it just like it was like, all right, we're just gonna flip a switch. <laughs> we're gonna go from 20 to 120 <laughs> and 140 on the turf. And I'm like, what is going on? So I remember I melted. I actually melted through two pairs of cleats during camp. Melted. Like wow. completely oh just melted gosh. off the bottom. Like absolutely insane. And I was, and you know, your feet are just getting blisters. And we're on, I'm just like, man, there, this isn't, this is insane. Like, so Texas heat is different, but hey, man, it builds character. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about that. But there's a reason why a lot of Texas high schools practice uh, in the morning before school. Yep. Because by the time you yeah. get to three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, you can't go out. Not for kids, you know. It's way too yeah. hot. And um, but we didn't do that. We would do our workouts in the morning, but we were out there after at, you know three thirty on that turf. And um, the the famous coach that actually just retired from Midwestern, Billy Maskell, he was there for twenty seven years. He's one of the most winningest coaches in Division two history. The most winningest coach in Midwestern history had seventeen straight winning seasons. Um, great man, great man. Um, he actually just stepped down and retired, but he did not care how hot, 
how cold, how, I mean, this dude was old school. So he didn't, you know, we got, we constantly got the analogies. Oh, I remember back in the eighties and the nineties and we'd be going three <laughs> days and, and he talks just like that. So we'd be going three days and all this stuff. And I'm like, so he always say this generation of football players are soft and, and all this stuff, because, you know, we're only doing, you know, two hour, two and a half hour practices and all this stuff. So, but bless his soul, man. He's a great man. And he gave me a great two, two year stint in Midwestern, gave me an opportunity to go pro. He believed in me, pushed me all the way into my NFL tryouts, my pro day, um, and supported me all the way through arena. I mean, he, he just check on me. Hey, I see you. You're, do, you know, always knew you do good things. And, and, um, yeah, so great experience in Midwestern. Like I said, I love my all of martyr. I hope someday I can uh, be in a position where I can donate something back and get my name on something at the university, sure. a, pro- a project or cool. something, even though I was there Hello, for two Mark. years, really loved it there. One of our listeners, Alex McSwain, says, any teams or players you're excited about playing against this year? That yeah, you're absolutely. Ready to see so, them or line yeah, up so my them. favorite team to play against um, in the NAO was the Jacksonville Sharks. And I, oh, well, they're coming with us. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait. I say, actually, they're not on our schedule, um, but maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. The Shark Tank championship. is uh, championship time. Championship time. Yeah, Shark Tank is uh, <laughs> absolutely my favorite arena to play in. Absolutely. Like by far one of my favorite venues to play in. They have an amazing fan base there too. I'm talking 10,000, 15,000 people of just a sea of red. And um, I actually had like my, my, my first breakout game with the predators playing in the shark tank against coach Fuller's at the time he was the head coach there. Um, That was like my breakout game. I had five touchdowns in the shark tank and, and I love playing on the road because there's just so there's something so much power about just silencing 10,000 people, 15,000 people because of what you're doing out there. You know what I'm saying? And of course, it's awesome to come home and do it in front of your home fans. But for me, even when I was young, I I thrived. And some of my best games have always been on the road because I thrive in those environments, man. I love the hostility. I love the fans chirping at me. You're not this. You're not that. You know, I love all that because I'm like, all right, you're about to see. You're about to find out. And, you know, and then you get to go home and celebrate with your home fans and come home and have a few games at home and get them all hype. And then it just wants them to support you more on the road. Um, so I, I'm a big road time road warrior, big time road warrior. And um, so I do look forward to playing on the road. Another team that I'm looking forward to playing, um, definitely looking forward to playing the Rattlers. Um, you know, they're an IFL staple. Uh, they have a great coach up yeah. there, a great organization up there. You know, got to gotta go let them know who I am. And um, as well as Vegas, you know, Vegas will be fun. You know, hopefully play against them as well as have a championship game there. Um, so right. those are just a few teams I'm looking forward to, to seeing again. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Since you, you've, uh, oh yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, DJ, since you've been, uh, with the gunslingers, uh, what has surprised you that you've, you've found so far with the organization? Um, and then also I know they've built their, they've got their brand new facility down there. Um, what, what's, what's your impression on what they're doing there for, for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So another reason why, I wanted to come to San Antonio with Coach Manalsis because I consider myself a very high professional. And, w- and what I mean by that is that I, I need things to be professional off the football field, the way that we're handling the team, the way that we travel, the way everything as far as football operations needs to be run. I don't care if we're in an arena, it needs to be run like the NFL. And because that, you know, we're pros, we deserve that once first off, but also I thrive in structure. All right. It's, I played, I'm not going to throw any teams under the bus, but I've been in some organizations where we didn't have as much structure. Um, and it's really hard. It's really hard to operate in those in kind of things, especially me, because it like it just doesn't sit right with me. 
Um, I'll have to speak up in those kind of situations, not in a negative way, but just like, hey, like my guys need this. Like we need some certain things if you want us to be performing on certain levels. Um, and so with San Antonio, first off, the ownership next to none. I mean, absolutely just great men, uh, great families and high professionals. They care um, and they hired the right man to get the job done. And um, and he, you know, Manas has been on every single level and he's been a player himself. And that's vitally important in this game when you've played the game yourself because you know what the players need because you've been in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And um, so he is going to bat for us. The ownership is going to bat for us to give us everything that we need to be ultimate professionals, to perform on high levels. And um, that is like, that was very big for me. Like I wanted to know like, all right, well, where are we going to be living? How are we going to be eating? You know, are we going to be paid on time? Or all these things are vitally important to football operations. All right. And if these things aren't rolling the way that they need to roll, then you're going to get backlash from your team from your players, from the guys that you're asking to go out there and perform on a high level. Um, excuse me. So with Manas, yeah, with the, with the facility, I actually got a chance to go down there and see it last month and it's not done yet, but the vision, like when I walked in and me and Manas were talking about it, it's like, I, like he was painting the picture for me and I could see it and no arena team has this man. No arena team has their own facility to call home. You're usually practicing at a high school out in some baseball field, or you're practicing, you know, or you're renting out some, you know, sports performance facilities, sharing it with all types of different sports. This is going to be, this is catered to us. This is gunslinger nation. We're not sharing this with nobody. And only 25 elite guys are going to have, are going to have access to this. Yeah. I know we're going to have 40 in the camp, but the old saying goes is that, yeah, we have 40 in camp. We have 40 dogs in camp. We only got 25 bones. So the bottom line is that we got to get down to that 25 and the 25 that we get down to are going to be are going to, you know, they're going to reap the harvest of the work that Manas and ownership is putting in right now. Um, and I'm just so excited for this facility, man, to call home, just to be there, to have, you know, a locker room with our name plates on them and to have our own field and to have the coaches offices in one central location, to have our meeting rooms in one central location. All of that is so vitally important to our success. And there's really no excuse I mean, when the ownership and the coaches give us all this and you build an elite roster, we have to deliver. We have to deliver. And my and me as a captain, I have to make sure that I am showing the guy I am making sure the guys are aware of this and I'm leading the way and I'm and I'm letting them know how grateful we are to have this and to not take it for uh, for, uh, to take it for granted. One thing I want to let you guys know, this might be a little bit off track, but like, you know, a lot of young guys in arena, there's this notion that, you know, they can they can get a little uneasy. They can get a little uneasy and they're like, well, I got I to gotta get out of here. I got to send my film out. I got to get to the CFL. I got to get here. I got to get here. And, you know, one reason why I felt I was so successful in getting out was because I told myself in Orlando, but especially in Carolina, after I felt like I should have got moved up after Orlando was that, okay, if I'm really sitting here saying that I'm a dominant player, I'm one of the best players in this league, then I, it needs it needs to look that way. I, I can't just be an average player. I can't just, you know, get... 10 touchdowns. I can't, I was like, I need to dominate. And it, the film has to look like, what is this kid doing here? And in order to do that, you have to be what you say you want to be. So you want to, this is what I'm going to tell the young guys. When I get there, you're saying you want to be in the NFL. You want to be in the UFL. You want to be in the CFL Well, then you need to carry yourself, prepare and do everything. Like you're already there because once you get there, you got to be ready. You can't just get there and be like, Oh, now I'm here. And I, and I got to figure it out. 
if you want to be an NFL player, you need to prepare and carry yourself like you're already there. And if you really think you're an NFL player, then this then this arena level, you better dominate. You better absolutely dominate. And I told myself that. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I feel like I'm an NFL player. I'm going to prepare like it. I'm going to wake up at a certain time every day. I'm going to train at a certain time every day. I'm going to put the certain foods in my body. I'm going to watch this amount of film. I'm going to meet with the coaches this amount of times. And I'm going to lead my team in this certain way. And I'm going to hold myself to a certain standard and a certain high character. And if I do these things, I'm going to dominate. And I was able to do that. I was able to do that when first team all league in Orlando. And then I went first team again and then won the Ironman. And it ultimately gave me my opportunity to move up. So when I get to San Antonio, I'm going to tell, I'm going to get a chance to stand in front of the team and tell and speak directly to these young guys to say, I'm 29 now, I'm turning 30 soon. And I'm, I still feel great. I feel better now than I did when I was 24. But what I'm going to tell these guys is that if you really feel that way, you can't be bitter about being on this level at this moment. You need to accept that if you really think that that's who you are, then you better show it here as a gunslinger day in and day out. And it better translate to the game field because good enough or average or, oh, yeah, he did a couple of great things. It's not good enough if you really want to if you really want to move up. So that's going to be a message that the young guys are going to get from me early. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Very good. So one of the things that we love about being on the podcast is really interacting with the players. So tell us a little bit um, about your family. Um, are you married? Do you have any kids? Just so that the fans can, can feel more connected to you. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm in a committed relationship. I, I have an amazing girlfriend. We've been together for almost four years. Um, she's a nurse. She's a cardiac ICU nurse. She's a very smart cookie. You know, this is a girl that flew through nursing school of flying color. She's extremely career oriented, career driven. Uh, we push each other that way. She's been extremely supportive of my career. We've been together uh, before I left for Orlando. So she's seen me through Orlando, Carolina, Memphis. And um, it's not easy. You know, it really is not easy. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's been disagreements. There's been hard times. But the bottom line is that she supports what I do. I support what she does. She knows that I do it at a high level. And I know what she does, she does at a high level. And um, and and we just know that if we continue to support each other's careers and continue to just feed into each other with that support and that love, then we're gonna we're gonna get to where we want to ultimately be as husband, wife, uh, mother, father. And um, so that's just where we're at right now. So we're almost four years in. I'd say we're getting pretty close uh, to that moment, but you know, we're we're still just you know building some things that are important to us um in our personal lives and as partners. And um, it's so important for me someday to, you know, I, I desperately want to be a father someday. I desperately want to have my own kids. I want to be a married man. Um, and, you know, my father wasn't in my life. Um, and my mother played both roles and she gave me all the love and my brothers were a big part in raising me as well. And um, so, you know, just for that reason and many other reasons, it makes me just want to be an outstanding father, an outstanding man and um, an outstanding husband someday. And, um, you know, there's no rush in these things. I feel like, you know, we're learning and we're growing every single day. And, um, you know, if we're talking the next 30, 40 years of our life, I don't, you know, I think we want to make sure that, you know, we enter it the right way. And I think these challenges of, you know, me being in many different cities and her holding down the fort, we have a house together here in Austin and like things like that just goes to show, you know, our strength um, and, um, and all the things that we've endured. So, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a lucky enough man, she'll stick with me uh, through this season in San Antonio, and she's very happy that um I'm I'm right down the street this time and not leaving her to go across, to go across the country. And uh, she'll be in the stands and she'll be supporting. 
She's a huge, she's a huge fan of me. Uh, she loves football. Uh, she likes football. I want to say she loves football. She likes football. <laughs> she uh, she loved, uh, she was a soccer, she was a college soccer player. Uh, she loves watching me though. So like, she won't just like sit there and watch football, but she's like, she always likes to say, she's like, I only like football if I'm watching you, you know what I'm saying? And, but she loves to watch me um, and support me. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, we really enjoy this time and we want more yeah. time. Um, another time with you. I got a question I got to ask you before we let you go. You grew up in the DC area. Does that make you a Redskins fan? Born and raised. And I'm sorry if I offend you guys. <laughs> I am everything DC sports. I like you so much. I love like you so much. I'm loyal to the soil. I'm loyal to the soil, man. I am, I'm Redskins, Nationals, Capitals, Wizards, all the way through. I don't change up on my city. Um, you know, I like I to do the same thing and Cagito here in Texas and not letting many people know what's going on with me. But um, I I, I'm, loyal, that. I'm loyal to a fault with with my Redskins slash commanders, man. They've broken my heart pretty much my whole life. But <laughs> but they, <laughs> the, the organization is a, it's finally same. looking up in like, the right direction. We are looking. We're finally about to we're finally about to hit our ascend, I think. So uh, I am I am the same way. I was born and raised in Dallas, so stars, cowboys, Mavericks. See, listen, that's uh, fine though, because you're from Dallas. I can't tell you how many Cowboys fans there are in the DC area that are not from Texas. I, I can't stand that. Like, if you support the team where you're from, I got no issue with you, man. Like, cool, you're a Cowboys fan. You're from Dallas. You're from Texas. Awesome. Good. Good for you. I am if a diehard Cowboys fan. Don't say nothing about the Cowboys to me, man. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, but these two will tell you. Who is the fan base that drives me more crazy in the end, most crazy in the NFL? Dallas Cowboys fans. Dallas Cowboys because, fans. Like because that's the right answer. Fans. It doesn't matter whose favorite team you have. The right answer of the fan base that drives you the most crazy should be the Dallas Cowboys fans. And that's me too. And not just because it's the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> it is because of the fans, man. And it's not even that you guys are – it's just there's a little delusion going on over there from year to year, <laughs> you know. Hey. Look, the idea that, you know, I've, I've talked to a guy recently that's a big Eagles fan, and he's like, why do y'all think you're going to win the Super Bowl every year? And I was like, I can't imagine being excited about a team that I didn't think had a shot to win the Super Bowl every year. However, um, Cowboys fans drive me crazy because nothing is ever good enough. You've got yeah. a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott. You've got really good talent all over your team. You have a piss-poor owner, but other than that, You've got lots of pieces, but, oh, Dak's a bum. We need to get rid of him. Man, there's 15 teams in the NFL that would love to have Dak Prescott line up behind them right now. They're there. The Cowboys have a great roster, but this goes for every team in football at every single level, man. Starts at the top. Starts at the top. You're absolutely right. That's the bottom line. Starts at the top. You're only as good as the people that are putting you in positions to try to help you be successful. And if if they have all these conflicts and issues and things going up at the top, it's going to trickle right down to the field of play. So – well, DJ, even though you're Redskins or Commanders or whatever they're calling themselves <laughs> this year, uh, what even though you're the FN, we want to have you back um, yes. later in the season as you get into things, as you guys are just kind of wrecking uh, the IFL and showing them how it's supposed to be done. We want to have you come back in and spend some time with us. This has been great. You're right. We could go through. We could do this all night, um, but we don't have all night, so we want to let you get to the rest of your evening. I know you work today, so you're probably ready to go and decompress a little bit. Uh, we've enjoyed this time, and I can't wait to watch what you do on the field in the red, white, and blue of the Gunslingers. Uh, yes. I've watched you with other teams. I'm ready to watch you for a team I can cheer for. Um, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited, y'all. God bless you all. Um, I can't wait to get down there and get after it. This is this is this is the year, man. I mean, I'm a big component of be where your feet are at. And also want to let you guys know, you know, we speak a lot about the things that, you know, I've achieved in my past, but I am a big, big advocate of um, you got to do it again. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter what you did before. If I say who I say I am, I got to do it again. It's only going to be as important as uh, what I do for the gunslinger. So I don't like to sure. boast too much about, you know, the things I've accomplished in the past. I'm just ready to do it in, in the red, white and blue this year um, and prove to you guys I am who I say I am and who you know me to be. Um, so God bless you. Thanks for having me on the show. And let's do this again. And I can't wait to get down there and see you guys. Excellent. Thank you, DJ. Thank you so much. We're looking forward yeah. to it. Guns up. He is DJ Guns Myers, up. and he is part of the San Antonio Gunslingers. Leo, you talked earlier about other than Sam Castronova at QB1, there might not be anybody else that's, like, locked in, everybody else. I kind of feel like DJ is one of those guys that – Well, yeah. He may yeah. not be locked in, but he has that inside track, I think, He's a little got bit. got the inside track for sure. Look, before we even talk about any of that, I got to say something right here, right now. Uh, DJ's not on on with us right now. I, I got to pay a compliment. I'm going to pay a compliment to DJ, but even so, I, I hope uh, Miss uh, Tina Myers, her dad, is still with us. She popped in a little while ago to say yep. how proud she was of her son. I got to give that lady – props and yes. congratulations because that interview that we just had right now with DJ Myers, I think in the many years that we've been doing this, nothing against any of the other players we've had. Mm. We've loved them all. We've been very lucky to have the guys we've had on, but you want to talk well-spoken, intelligent, mm. Mm. great attitude, um, you know, displaying just a tremendous articulation but also just displaying tremendous leadership capabilities just in the way he portrays himself and the way he speaks what uh, coach Tom Manas alluded to earlier about him being a leader I was like you know what it, it passionate as uh, Loli says here super knowledgeable that was just outstanding I was uh, super impressed with uh, DJ and that interview and and just his whole attitude on everything uh, top notch, top notch, and that is Look. a great compliment to his mother. Congratulations to you! Yes. Great job with that young man. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with with the uh, the last what is it 30, 40 minutes we've had yeah, on this show. About forty minutes. There, we've done four years. This is our fourth year of this show. We did a year of the Command Post podcast, so we have interviewed lots of players, and we have learned over that time that good football player does not necessarily translate into good interview. There have been some sure. guys that I absolutely love to watch on the field and they're great guys and we get them here and again, I'm not point I'm not going to say any names or anything like that, but we get them here and it just kind of falls flat. And so good football player does not always mean good interview, articulate, passionate, well spoken, um able to communicate. Communication is is the part is this. This is communication. That's why I love it so much. I'm a big fan of communication. Uh, and that's why I love doing this podcast and doing what I do for a job. Um, I love to communicate. Not everybody feels that way about communication. They want, they are passionate about other things. Um, mm -hmm. But DJ is a special guy. He is, uh, he is going to be a leader in that locker room. If you don't know that, you do now. Or if you didn't know that when you logged on here, you just got to hear him, watch him, and spend some time with him. And I think that's somebody we'll have back 
uh, multiple times throughout the season, as many times as, as we can get him and bring him in the fold. Um, that was a great interview, and there's more of that. Like, we could have kept going. Yeah. We have other things we want to take care of, um, but we could have kept going through that. Great guy. Great guy. And you can always go back and check out the mom-to-mom -mom interview with his mom, because that was a great interview, too. Yes, go check out that mom-to-mom -mom interview with Tina Myers Hadi, uh, Haddad. Um, and for that matter, go listen to all of those. Yes. I see the numbers, folks. I know that some of you <laughs> folks see mom-to-mom -mom and you're like, eh, I'll skip it. Stop that. That's if good stuff. If you're part of the gunslinger, uh, the smoking guns posse, you should be just as excited about those as you are a regular show or an interview with one of the players. These moms have worked years to oh, get yeah. these guys to this position. Um, they deserve a moment where they get to brag on their son or tell you what they love about their son. And you learn a lot about players. We've had two already this season, mm -hmm. one with Miss uh, Castronova, mm -hmm. one with uh, Tina about DJ. Um, go go listen to those. I see the numbers. I know that you guys don't listen to those like you listen to everything else. Stop that. Go You're missing out. Them. You really are. You are. You are. For sure. So, uh, I'm excited about Gunslinger season. I, I really yeah. am. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's getting closer. We're 61 days out now. Um, I check in every week with Branded. If you're not doing that, you should. Um, Ralph Judson and uh, Ralph Judkins and uh, uh, and Coach Tomanas put together that show. If you're in the San Antonio area, drive over mm -hmm. to uh, the pizza place there in shirts. I can't think of the name now. Matt uh, Matt Genus, something like something that. Like yeah, that. the pizza place. Yeah. Go drive out there and, and participate in the show live um, or jump online and listen to them. They're doing a great job. They're giving you updates on rules. If you're not sure mm -hmm. what some of the rules are, um, they're giving you updates on rules and have a rules segment. It's it's a lot of good worth information. your time. It's worth your time. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a, a Matangas. There you go. Thank Matangas. you, Jordan. It's a bit of a, a distance from me and Lolis, but we've been talking about wanting to make it out there. We may try and make it out there to, to the next one. Um, good stuff, though. Definitely got to watch that branded show for sure, if you're not already. So, so when he started doing branded, I really kind of felt like we would see, we would have less, con not contact, because I still have a pretty good contact with Coach, but that he wouldn't want to double up his time on air. He's got a lot of things to do. He now does a weekly show. So I was like, well, now that he's doing a weekly show, he's not going to come to the smoking guns that often. That gives us an opportunity to talk to some players and talk mm -hmm. to some other folks, but we won't see much of coach because he's doing his own thing and he's getting his message out there. So mm -hmm. surprise today, I get a message from coach uh, or through somebody else that says, Hey, coach needs to talk to you. He's like, hey, I need to come on there. It's been three months, and I want to give Smoking Guns Posse an update on where we are three months into this thing and come just on. kind of a state of the team um, uh, address. So we're going to do that here in two weeks. 
Um, we're going to have a show on February 12th, and we're going to bring Coach Manas on, and he gets as much time as he wants. If he wants to sit there the whole two hours of the show with us and talk about uh, what's going on with the gunslingers, we're going to do that. Uh, he gets all the time he wants because he's coached Tom Manas, and that's the way we do things. Uh, oh, been wanting yeah, to go fault. over to Batangas, but it's Leo's fault, she said, and and it is, and you know, not his yeah. fault, his fault, but yeah, I've been dealing with some health issues, but I'm getting better. <clears throat> so on February 12th, we're gonna have Coach Tom Manas uh, scheduled to join us. Uh, again, for as long as he wants, and we're going to talk about gunslinger football. If you're one of our Brahmas folks, you know, we'll talk about the Brahmas, but I don't think it's it's not going to be the main focus of the show because we're going to have the head coach on. Um, I promise if we ever get Wade Phillips on here, we won't talk a lot about the gunslingers that day. Um, okay. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to have the head coach on here. But there's even more news. We, te- we teased this and talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, there is a jersey, a oh. fan jersey for the Ooh. Santa. Oh, where did it go? Where did it it's go? The big reveal. Yeah. The big reveal. Drum roll, please. <laughs> you asked for it. We're bringing it. There is now a Smoking Guns podcast fan jersey. Roar, and we are excited to roll this out. Those of you that are with us, the 13 or so of you that are with us and the others that are watching later are going to get an opportunity to see it for the first time. And we're going to tell you how we're going to do this. So uh, here it is. Here's the drum roll. Give me the drum roll, ARC. <laughs> there it is. Your Smoking Guns wow. Podcast 2024 fan jersey. It is, it's great. Jordan does a great job on all of these. He designed this one for us. It has the perfect mix of Brahmas and gunslingers. It's all there and it can be yours. That's right. Uh, We are going to hold pre-orders for the next two weeks. In fact, between now and the next time we meet on the 12th, when coach comes on the show, we're taking pre-orders. It's $40. We will set you up with your Jersey. However, If you are one of our patrons right now, already signed up, already been supporting the show, we don't need your money. Nope. But we we do need what you want on the back of it because for those folks, we're going to take care of your jersey and we're going to have them customized with your name on the back of them. So you need to go to patreon.com or send an email to gunsuppodcast.com and tell me what, uh, gunsup at gmail.com. Send me sizes and what you want on the back of it. That is only for our patrons. If you're like, man, I I want to I want a customized jersey. Maybe when we do this again later, and you're a patron, you'll get that opportunity. But we can only do so many customized jerseys, and we've talked about it and decided that those folks that we're going to customize jersey for are going to be our patrons and of course ourselves. Um, yeah, we're going to get customized jerseys. Uh, but we're taking care of our patrons, everyone else. You can pre-order between now and February 12th. It is $40 to lock in your jersey. We have PayPal available. Um, you will email me at that address, gunsuppodcast, 
G U N S U P G U N S U P P O D C A S T at gmail.com. That was our very first email address yes, before that's the why Z it's, that's why it's was an even S. a thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna email me there. You're going to pay for your jersey up front, and we're gonna put you in. If you don't like to pre-order things, <laughs> you can wait. You can wait until the jerseys come in. We're gonna order a certain amount of every size that we can sell after uh they come in. They're gonna be more expensive. They're going to be $45 or $50. I don't think we've set that price point yet, but they're going to be more expensive and we're going to run out of sizes really fast. Like those sure. 2XL, 3XL, 4XL guys that always need those big jerseys, the me and Leo guys, those are going to go fast because we're not going to order a ton of those. We don't want to keep a ton of them on hand. Right. So if you're, if you're wanting one of these jerseys, the best way to get them is to pre-order. It's going to say bang, bang across the shoulder, just like you're seeing here on your screen. If you're listening to us, um, then go to our, our Facebook and you can see the graphic that we're showing right now. I will post that right after the show is done. Um, this, is, this is your opportunity. We will only do a limited run of these. We will do the pre-orders. We will take care of our patrons and we will order just a handful of each size beyond that. And once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. These are these are marked with the year. Um, so it's not like we're going to reorder these halfway through the season because halfway through the season, it, you know, it's not going to be 2024 by the time you get them. Right. Our expectation is that the uh, our expectation is that the jerseys will be in before the games kick off in. March and April, both the Brahmas and the Gunslingers. James Palmer, question. great yeah. question. You said, you said customize. What can be customized? Just curious. All we're going to do on customization is just that for, for our patrons only, just that uh, name plate section. We can put your name yep. on them. Instead of bang, um, bang. You could put something different, your name or yeah, whatever, like, whatever you want. Like I'm going to make them fit Higginbotham on there. Oh, nice. So that's going to be really <laughs> small type, but I'm going to make them get Higginbotham on there. Um, there are other customization options. In fact, uh, Jordan just reached out to me and said, hey, if we wanted to offer it this way, um, we could do that too. There's a lot of moving pieces and we're just going to say, hey, this is the jersey. Um, this is what we're going to go with. So for our patrons, they get an opportunity to customize that this time around as a thank you uh, for us for being a part of the patrons. Everybody else, this is what you're looking at. Uh, you're looking at um, this bang, jersey bang. that you're seeing in front of you. Bang, bang. And, uh, and we're excited to yeah. offer this to you. Pre-order. Pre-order, Leo and I were talking about this beforehand. It does not make sense to wait on them. No. You're not guaranteed your size. You're going to spend more money. Pre-order now and get that locked in. Get it in time for the games and, and show your pride. Show your favorite 
podcast that relates to San Antonio professional football um, with a jersey. Uh, here's something I love about this. I showed this to somebody earlier. I showed it to Jim Bernay. I sent it over to him and I was like, hey, aren't these cool? Don't these look great? And he goes, wow, y'all really thought this through. And I said, what do you mean we thought this through? And he goes, well, the two is the Brahmas and it's their second season. And the four is the Gunslingers and it's their fourth season. Hey. And, and it's 2024. <laughs> y'all really thought this through. Yes, and we're said, that smart. Yep, we sure did. We thought all we that sure through. <laughs> That's my idea. <laughs> Not. And the we cool are geniuses. Thing is, the cool thing is, really smart. On the days, if there's a game that the gunslingers play and the Brahmas, you can wear the same shirt to both games. Yes. If there happens to be a day that they both yeah. play on that same day, which we don't know yet. Thank you, Brahmas. It could happen if you don't have the and schedule. We have Thanks to rush from one game to the other. We won't even have to change. That is Don't absolutely even have to correct. change shirts. Awesome. The win-win, people. It's a win-win. Yep. So to get all of these in by on time, we can only take pre-orders up until our next episode. That will be your last opportunity, but you can't you don't have to wait till then. You can go right now uh, to your email and email me your information at guns up podcast. That's G U N S. U-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And you uh, can have your Smoking Guns podcast fan jersey um, ready for you when the games kick off at the end of March and at uh, the beginning of April. Super exciting. Awesome. Stuff. Those are really cool. I, I actually wore today the only other bit of merchandise, uh, the only other merchandise shirt we've ever printed. It's a Smoking Guns podcast shirt from like four yeah. years ago mm -hmm. uh, that we did with South Texas Designs with uh, Roy and, and uh, Hannah. Hannah over at South Texas Designs. We did these right when we first started the show. Um, but I wore it today because I knew we were going to we were going to put this out there. And I was like, hey, uh it, it's a merchandising kind of day. We don't do a lot of merchandise. And if we're really honest with you, we've never gotten really good response <laughs> on merchandise. Yeah, that's fine. Um, which is why we're doing it this way, where we can only put out so much money and it has to be pre-orders because uh, we've not, not really gotten that kind of response. Um, but hopefully someone this found, will be different. Someone yeah. found one of our hats at a thrift store. Oh, Did no. they really? Yes. There might have been there might have been Jerry. Someone found one of our hats at a thrift store. It's very so, odd I to go it was into. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no it is. It's very odd. It feels very weird to go into a thrift store and see something that you designed. Mhm. Mm so I do a lot of uh summer camps. I do a lot of youth summer camps. I direct uh summer camp and winter retreats for youth. And so we make a shirt for every one of those. And I've actually gone into thrift stores before and been like going through and I'm like, I made this shirt. Like I created <laughs> this shirt and now it is here in this thrift store. That is so cool. And then that I think about cool. it and I go, but that means that somebody didn't want it anymore. So is it cool? It is um, still cool. It, it's very odd. Uh, James Palmer said, didn't even know y'all had hats. Same time we made these shirts that I'm wearing today. 
we made just a handful of hats. I've got one less than that 10, I wear I every think. so often. Yeah. Do you yeah, remember when we made had, the, um, the, the coasters? We had the coasters for a little bit. Yeah. I still got yeah. One. And then the tags in the um in the window, the car, the decals. The decals, car mm -hmm. decals. Yeah, I did those yep. too. Yep, I've got one coaster here in my office. I've got one on my bedside table at home. I have two of those coasters. I need to move that one to the living room because I don't take stuff to, to bed very often. I don't take a drink to bed very often. But Okay. Uh, Bo Ferrante says she uses her coaster daily. Yay! And so does James Palmer. He says, I have a coaster. Yay! Use it daily. Um, so we have some those are probably the most popular items we've yeah. ever had were the coasters. They are cool. Yeah. I'll see if I can get some more from my uh, my friend uh, Patricia Patricia Graham. So that is uh, the two big things that we wanted to talk to you about. We wanted to roll out that jersey and give you an opportunity to be a part of the Smoking Guns podcast. Again, uh, any money we make on that is just going to go into keeping the show running and doing some of the things that we've gotten the opportunity over the last couple of years to do. Same thing along with our patrons. Um, mm -hmm. If you missed out. If you're just if you're dealing with FOMO right now and you're like, I can't believe I've thought about it and talked about it and I've never gone and signed up on Patreon for the Smoking Guns podcast. And now I have missed out on something really, really cool. I'm sorry, but you can go to patreon.com slash smoking guns pod. That's smoking no G guns with a Z P O D and sign up and become a patron. Um and get in on the next big big thing we do, yeah. And you never know. Last year we were able to make skipping the line at at Gunslingers games for merchandise part of the the plan, and I think a discount that we had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not promising that we can do that again this year. I haven't even approached the team yet about what we can do this year, but we've done some things for those folks, um, and we will continue to do things for those folks. And uh, it's just our way of saying thank you because we have yes. costs that are part of the show and uh, we have to pay those month in and month out. Um, Plus, we, we like to do nice things for the, the six shooters. Well, and for yep. our community, we've paid for yes. um, we've paid for some scholarships to football camps, football camps with the gunslingers, tryouts, mm -hmm. cheerleading the tryouts. tryouts, cheerleading camps. Um, mm -hmm. and that gives us an opportunity to make some of those things available um, and share that wealth a little bit. So if you're so inclined, go join us on Patreon. Um, and if you are one of our patrons, make sure you let me know about jersey sizes and what you're wanting along the back of them. And we're that's on us. We're taking care of that. And thank um, you. For you guys. And thank, thank you, you for everything you do. Um, it's kind of unfair. Because we just went through a period of, what, three or four months where we didn't really do a show. We, we took a break mm -hmm. after the end of the season, and we didn't really do a show. We didn't keep our patrons. We didn't keep charging our patrons. We actually delayed that all the way to um, starting back up in the new year, which is what why this is kind of cool. These people stuck with us even when we weren't producing content. Now, we weren't charging them either. But we weren't mm -hmm. producing content, but they left their commitment out there to help us make the show um, go. And and this is our way of saying thank you to them. Yeah, we love um, our patrons. Yes, we do. Moses, thank you. I have FOMO when you guys aren't on. 
Um, <laughs> well, we're back, and we're going to be back every couple of weeks until we get into the season. And, you know, hopefully the season works out so that we can enjoy Brahma's and Gunslinger's games together. Um, I, I'm really fearful that we're going to have conflicts. I know we'll have one or two. Like, I expect one or two conflicts. But yeah. I just hope we don't have um we don't have a lot of that. Chances are 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 I don't want to say slim, but when you look at you know, you only have five home games most likely for the Brahmas. You're gonna have eight home games for the gunslingers, and there's Saturday and Sunday night opportunities. Um, so even if they fall on the same weekend, they may be on different times or different days. Um, the Brahmas can have all the Sundays they want because I don't believe there's a Sunday game for right. gunslingers. So I'm really hoping for a lot of Sunday games, Sunday Brahma games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sunday Brahma games would be fine. In fact, I would really enjoy that, I think. Um, yeah. I wouldn't get to go to many of them. But I would have to watch them. Um, because I'm three hours away and, and oh, Sundays are yeah, kind of a true. busy morning for us. Um, but, you know, still, I, I, I would appreciate if they didn't conflict with each other. But we don't know that yet because we don't have a schedule yet. And I don't know what's holding them up. Come on, UFL. Come on, hey, you, had, you had to go. This, this yeah, has pop, been pop, such pop. a great show. So much positivity. The awesome jersey. And you had to go and make me mad again, Philip. Talking about it is the, what it the is. UFL schedule. <laughs> it is what it is. James uh, Palmer says the weird one for me is that Thursday home game. I'm going to look at the schedule right yes, now because I know there is one. Do have one? Yeah, against Tucson, April 18th. That's a it's a it's a weird Thursday night yeah. game. Hey, but uh, definitely no conflict that week. So I'm actually I was excited right. when I saw that week on there. Right. <laughs> and uh, I think Mo's got it right. Thursday home game. I think I'll be sick <coughs> until game time. There you go. True. I don't know what you need, Mo. Is you're sick the following day so you can recover, right? Right. Or you're it sick may the be day, a two day Which is the better one? I'm not sure. It, it may be a two day illness that has a surprising, <laughs> yes, um, you know, eye of the storm right over game time. But you're sick the day before, and you're sick the day after. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll Dr. figure it Phillip out. Philip will write you a note. <laughs> we do. We need to create a note. Um, please excuse the name here. Yeah, and the, the Smoking Guns podcast. Sign the Smoking Guns podcast. What's yeah. weird is when you plot that month, April, <laughs> on a schedule. We start on Saturdays. We start on a Saturday game here at home. It's a Saturday opener on April 6th. And then it backs up to Friday in Vegas. And then it backs up to Thursday at home uh, against Tucson. And then it goes back to Friday against in Frisco. And then it goes back to uh, Saturday the next week against Frisco here at home. So my gunslinger calendar on that month makes a little... Uh, hmm. what would that be? Greater than sign? Yeah. On my schedule, because it bounces from Saturday to Friday to Thursday 
to Friday to Saturday. So it just kind of goes like that. It's very weird. When I first plotted it on my calendar, I was like, huh, that's almost like they were planning that, but I don't know why they would. So mm -hmm. there have been in the IFL some schedule changes. Um, I don't know if uh -oh. you guys have noticed that popping up on social media. I reached out to the game, uh, to the team today and said, is anything changing on our schedule? And he said, definitely not for our home games. Our home games are locked. That is when those home games are happening. He said, anything that changes would be venue changes at other, uh, other teams, other team issues. So that's good news. That is good news. Don't touch our home game schedule. Yeah, it is what it is at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens in San Diego on the 1st. Um, I know yeah. that the team is a little frustrated that they have to play in San Diego on the 1st, and then uh, five days later, four days, really, they have to play on the 6th here. Um, is what it is. Like, you can... You can be upset with the schedule, but you still have to play it. So it's part of being a professional athlete. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I make that home opener. I'm I'm calling yeah. the games this year. Well, wait, RC. There are some <laughs> things that are slightly more important than football. I know. Right? Uh oh. Do we agree? Um, my grandson is due that week. That's right. And so there's a possibility that I will be here in Palacios enjoying that game as Ralph and probably Gabe or as Ralph and someone else calls that game. Um, if if he is born and we're still trying to figure out all of those things, um, our hospital that she's going to give birth at is actually an hour and 20 minutes from here in Palacios. So she's going to have that baby either in Sugarland or on Highway 59 going to Sugarland. Mm. One of those two uh, that week, most likely. So I don't know how that is going to work out yet. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see the season start yeah. uh, and have football to talk about again. That's not the NFL. I like the NFL. You'll be with but... there. You'll be with us there in spirit, no matter what. So, and we'll be there oh, with sure. you. So. Grandpa Phillip. Grandpa Phillip. You're old. Pop, pop. We're, we're going with pop. Pop, pop. We're just pop. pop. Just pop. Um, My wife has always had her grandma name picked out. Lolly? It, no, it's, uh, it's Nana. Her name is Diana. And in high schools, for some reason, they started calling her Nana. And so that was her grandma name that she always had picked out so i decided if she got to pick hers out early i was gonna pick mine and before i wound up with peepaw or something really <laughs> weird that i wasn't excited about i was just gonna go with pop i like pop it's good and strong and it's pop um so i, I said lolly because my friend she she's lolly and her husband's pop so they tell the grandkids let's go to lollipop wow <clears throat> nice that's cute that's that cute. cute i like mm -hmm. that I like that. Hey, if the Moffin ends up being, you know, too much of a hassle on the back of the jersey on the nameplate, you just go with pop then. Just go with pop. Just pop. pop drop there. Yep. That would be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? Uh I am I, I'm ready to get this season kicked off. 
I am yeah. regretting, not regretting because I didn't make the choice to do it. I am lamenting that we do not have football for the next like two months. Last year we had year round football mm -hmm. and it was great. Nana didn't agree, but I thought it was great that we had year round football. And now we have this two month break between the Super Bowl and, and everything kicking off. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it made for a, a really long and exhausting season for the uh, Smoking Guns podcast, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we have to sign off. Yeah, guys. it was. Okay, RC, thanks for joining us. Bye, RC. Bye. RC's going to head. Bye, Bye. We'll see you later, RC. Yeah, it was a weird, long season for us. I was definitely glad we uh, we were able to take a break at the end of the year. Um, now we're kicking back into gear, but I am kind of lamenting this, this wasteland of two months where there is no football, um, where all I can do is watch. What are we going to do? <laughs> here's what you need to do, folks. You need to start catching up on IFL football. You need to go back and watch some old IFL games and start getting a feel for how this game is played because it's different. There is some difference. In the IFL and the NAL, or at least what we played in last year, um, was the NAL. Well, Leo, yeah, what else? Football is coming in just a couple of months. I wish we had it all the way through. We don't. It is you what know, it is. We joke. But we talk about the 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 time that we have now once you know after the super bowl if if you care about the super bowl up until the season starts but it's gonna get, be here before you know it really it like is. it's it's gonna it be is. here super fast um and it's gonna be exciting to see how things develop you know for both both of our local organizations for the gunslingers and and for the brahmas there's still a lot left to be done a lot left to be decided uh you know roster wise and cut downs and 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 watching those kinds of things develop and new signings and getting a schedule UFL uh there's there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then that that uh for us to kind of talk about and think about um I'm really interested I, just talking today about what we've discussed with this uh gunslinger's roster and talking about guys you know joining us um, like Fabian Guerra and, you know, DJ Myers and having Kali Rashad, you know, still with us for the amount of guys and talented guys and talking about the seven veterans. I, I mean, I'm really curious to see what, what's going to happen here. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued. It's so much talent. I, yes. I, I want to say 65 to 70%. If not higher, that may be low, Philip. 65 to 70% of the guys in that are on the current, you know, uh, preseason roster that are com coming to camp, those guys that don't make it, like when they get cut, when they get released, they're going to have a job as soon as they walk out the door because that's yes. how talented these guys are. Yes. 65 to 70% of those guys that don't make the San Antonio gunslingers, they're not going to like wonder where they're going next or uh, worry about sitting around and, you know, not getting paid because they don't have work. They're going to 
literally have a job when they walk out the door, someone's going to be calling their line because people are that, they're going to be waiting to see who are the gunslingers cutting because we need some by guys. Design. Yeah, that's by design. That is how Tomanas has has set this thing up. He has he has brought in forty starting potential folks, knowing that he can only have half of that on game day. He's got forty guys. He can carry 21 on game day. That's half of what he has. He knows. He has expressed to me uh, and through other folks to me that all 40 of these guys are, are potential starters. All Think about that. Think about, one, put yourself in those guys' shoes, knowing the battle that they're going into and what they're going to have to do to prove that they belong in the red, white, and blue of San Antonio gunslingers. You know, they, they know they're going to have to give their all when they come to camp. They're going to have to compete at the very highest level to earn that roster spot. But also think about it in the sense of they knew that when they signed and they still signed. Right. What does that tell you about the organization? Right, because it's no secret that there is a limit on veterans. We've all known that. Um. Yep. And, and they're still signing on. Look, I could name seven veterans right now. And and, and some of those guys aren't going to make the team. When you talk about Kali Rashad, uh, Fabian Guerra, uh, um, Sam Castronova, Zach Brown, T.C. Mm-hmm. Stevens, um, you know, you can name those guys out and you get a lot further than seven down the a road lot before further you than run seven. out. Yeah. And some of those guys just aren't going to be, you know, the the math is not going to work out. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be shocking at the same time. It's it's. I I've never seen anything like this. Be prepared, San Antonio Gunslingers fans. Tom and I says the best football will be played in camp. Can't wait to see that show. I agree. Yeah, I bet. I agree. Mm-hmm. And, you know. It's a great position to be in, and I think it's going to lead to some great things for this franchise and for this city. Um, I can't wait to see it get started. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see what we run out there. Look, do you remember the first half of last year when we were winning games and it was fun to win and every game felt like a win because it was? And, you know, like... (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool to do that like a whole season? <laughs> a whole season through? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool to be like one of the top teams for the whole season instead of that? You know, I will always think of last season with the Gunslingers. The first thing that comes to mind is the collapse. Mm-hmm. It is not the great start. We had a great start and it was a lot of fun and we were having a great time. We were winning games by the skin of our teeth and and all of those kind of things. And that was fun. That's not what I think of first. No, I think of that collapse that we had as any football fan would, you know, rooting for their team. Do you remember how it ended, not how it started? Yep. Right. Right. Um, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars fans are thinking the same thing this year. You know, they're, they're, they're not thinking about the great first three months of the season they had. It's that final month and a half that they just went through that they're thinking of. And we kind of had that same thing go on here in San Antonio. Um, it's a new day. It's a new everything. 
everything is different. The the logo <laughs> and the podcast are the only things that are that are still the same. We've got well, an ownership it hasn't changed. We've got new coaches. We've got new players. We've got a new league. We've got a new field. Everything is new. We got a new facility, um, mm-hmm. for which we don't talk enough about the facility. And if you want to hear more about the facility, go check out Branded um, yep. because they talk about and give updates on it. But that is cool. DJ Meyer said it earlier. Nobody in indoor football has this kind of setup. The San Antonio Gunslingers are going to be the one of the premier teams in indoor football because they're going to have their own there's no more going out to where was it Pearsall Park, yeah, um, and Sporty to go mm-hmm. practice and and worrying um, about getting hit with a soccer ball while you're you're out there practicing stuff like right. that. No, right. and all of this, guys, all of it. I mean, it's it's a lot of money spent, and yeah, they're, they're nice to haves, and and it's like cool. Look at this, and and look what we're doing. But all of it, don't even have a second thought about it. It's all for the competitive advantage because that's what all of this amounts to. It's a competitive advantage. Your players are fresher. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're better kept. Uh, They're meeting as DJ very intelligently pointed out in one place, you know, gathered together. It's, it's, it's just makes things so much easier for their preparation and for them keeping their bodies ready it's all about competitive advantage. They're coming well, into this thing and they're coming in with all guns, with their guns blazing, you know, full throttle. Well, and I don't that. want to steal his thunder because he's coming on with us in a couple of weeks. And I know he's mm-hmm. listening to us right now, but I heard coach say when he was hired here, that you win championships in September, mm-hmm. you don't win championships in July. You win championships in September. And so the the work that has been done over the past three or four months um, to make all of these changes, to bring in these players, to bring in an amazing coaching staff, we don't talk enough about how incredible this coaching staff is. You've got, you've got the NAL coach of the year last year on your roster, and he's not even your head coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's not even your head coach. That's that's your OC. Um, the work that has been done this offseason, if that is true, and I have no reason to doubt Tom Manos, he's won two championships. I haven't won two championships. Um, he's done it. He says you win championships in September. If that's true, they've done a lot of good work here in the offseason to get us to that point. Heck yeah. So. Looking forward to it. So that's what we I'm can excited. do the next couple of months. Pay attention to that stuff because it's happening. It's happening right here in our backyards. And camp starts soon, and that's going to be fun. Coach yeah. brings up that'll be the best football played all year. We'll be in camp as they compete for spots um, with the gunslingers. That's exciting. And we don't want to discount the fact that Brahma's football is starting up soon. We just don't know what that looks like yet. Um, yep. We know that we have a new kicker today, and we know that we have six quarterbacks in the quarterback room. That's going to change, I'm sure. Um, We know those things, but it's really hard to get excited about something when you don't know what the season looks like and how that's going to be. So we'll get excited about that. We just don't have anything to really get excited about yet, right? 
it's it's all gonna come soon i guess it's just gonna hit us like a brick in the face all at once but bring it ufl we need it yeah we need that schedule so that we can get excited about that and we can plot how we're going to do all of this, how we're going to be fans of both of these organizations at the same time. We can. We know we can. It just may take some work. So, Yep. Well, if you're excited like we are, there's work to do. Make sure you have your season tickets. Make sure uh, you can sign up for season tickets. I just saw a great, co- a great commercial today with Coach Manas on social media oh, yeah. uh, talking about $9 a month. $9 per seat per month is nothing. Nothing. You're spending more, the, more than that on Starbucks, mm-hmm. on McDonald's. Um, go get your seats. Go get your gear. Order your smoking guns uh, jersey so that you can wear that out and, and rep the show. And, uh, and let's get ready for some football. The... The preseason of the NFL is over. Now we get into the real season of football. Uh, now we we get this camp time, and then we get to really get football. Football that we can actually go to in person and enjoy and, uh, and cheer for our team. Because you may be a Cowboy fan. You may be a Bronco fan. You may be an Eagle fan. You might be a Commanders fan like DJ Myers. Lions fan. You might be a Lions fan, but how many of those games did you go to? How many Commanders games did DJ Myers go to? How many Cowboy games did I go to? Now, Leo, you actually went out and got uh, at least one of those games in, right? Of which games? The Broncos. Oh, two. I went to two this year. Both losses. Yeah. Bummer. But we had a great time. (laughs) One in Denver and one right here in Texas over in Houston. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, that's but you hard don't to get do. to go see those as many as you get no, to go that's see hard to do. Gunslinger games and Brahma games. Well, when it comes to football, and and be back here on the twelfth. Be back. We'll meet you right here on the twelfth with that guy, Coach Tom Manas. Um, He says, "Great show, boys. Thanks for the love. God bless you too, Coach." And we'll talk to you here in yes. a couple of weeks, Thank and I'll, I'll probably talk to you before that too. Um, your hat didn't work for the Broncos in person. He's right. The the corduroy yeah, hat didn't. lost its lost its mojo once you got there in person. It, it was only good watching from home on TV. I guess so. Uh, you know, so superstitions are weird. You just gotta you gotta match that same energy no matter what. When it comes to football, whether it's the fifty yard fight or the hundred yard variety, whether it's in Memphis or. Uh, San Diego or over in Arizona or in Arizona or or in Arizona. <laughs> There's three teams there. Yeah. Um, over in Albuquerque or over in Jacksonville. No matter where they play San Antonio, in first uh, in the 50-yard arena or on the 100-yard gridiron. When it comes to professional football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang bang. <laughs>